0: Open up the app and the music appears. But you don't see the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. Three minute videos, they spent filming those airports, sound check, live shows, studios, managers, promoters, labels, graphic design. There's a
1: lifetime behind every rhyme. Victory, failure, profit and the cost If we don't pass it on, then the history is lost Want an album review? Then you're paying for ads You want a half-page story? Cost you double for that And the radio's the same, gotta show them the money Cause they shelter and their listeners like Bad Boy Bubby Ignorance is bliss, but it isn't if you're missing the foundation That's why we had this conversation You wanna know the real
0: deal? Here it is You're tuned in to Biz, Beats and the beers.
1: All right, check it out. This is Beers, Beats and the Beers back in effect for another week broadcasting live from the Shire Studios, my man Insidious behind the boards. Now, before we get to this week's guest live from Melbourne via Skype, um, I'm super excited to have this week's guest. Actually, he's a uh, he's a big inspiration for what we do on this podcast, whether he knows it or not. Um, before we get there, we've got to uh, recap last week's episode, man. Um, we're actually recording this before last before this week's episode even goes out. So last week we had Cursor on the program. As of hearing this, Cursor will have fucking dropped. Um, it was a um, fucking mad sit down with that dude, man. Like we discussed all manner of shit with him. Um, fuck, we only recorded a couple of days ago and I already can't think what we spoke on. What's that? oh we spoke on the battles sorry man i'm just getting the recap from trav from across the table but we spoke on battles we spoke on fame we spoke on social media we spoke on coming up out of Campbelltown, creating your own lane um becoming one of the largest entities in music in this country we spoke on it all and we can't thank cursor and juf enough for his time jay's got it jay's got his uh record coming out real soon in august so keep your eyes peeled for that actually i think it's probably about two weeks away something like that as if you Guys listening to this. So, you know, once again, we can't thank Cursor enough. Um, we don't know what kind of numbers it did yet, because as I just stated, we haven't even dropped that episode as of recording this one. So, you know, that's how we do. We're industrious motherfuckers up in this piece. You know, this is (laughs) this is how we go about things. Um, your shirts should be in your hands. So if you've received your shirts, your hoodies, your jumpers. Tag us in, post them up on social media, get at us. We'll repost those pictures, man. We'll chuck them on our story, on our timeline, on our feed. Just fucking get at us, man. They should be in your hands by now. If you haven't received them, make sure you holler at us. Travel take care of that for you. Shout out to our Patreon members. A special shout to Ryan Craig. A special shout to my man Gusto. Um, and if you want to support this podcast, head to patreon forward slash. Dot, uh, patreon.com forward slash beers beats the biz and you can contribute whatever you want any contribute any contribution is a fantastic contribution so yeah anything you want to do man there's supporters packs there you can fucking kick in a dollar you can kick in five and like i like i always say we're not out here begging you know we're going to do what we do regardless but you know man it's work it is what it is and you know if yous are enjoying it man fucking thank you for any support you can give us and obviously not not everyone can afford to uh chip money in we get that 100% so just head to the social media you can find us at beers beats the beers on instagram on facebook on all of that tag us in share us around spread the word hashtag beers beats and the biz um you know you know where to find us head to itunes head to spotify head to soundcloud like rate subscribe download leave a comment um all that shit helps man like yeah we have to employ you if you're bumping this podcast make sure you just hit like on those uh itunes thingos because it just helps with us helps with uh, all the sort of advertising bullshit and everything we're trying to get our heads around at the moment now where we're recording from the shire studios down here in stand here in the, on the sunny south side of brisbane is live and open for business my man insidious behind the boards we're actually going to start uh, posting this up on the biz beats and the biz page um yeah start getting this out there because he is live he's running this studio full time if you need beats if you need production if you need engineering if you need anything holler at my man insidious he is taking care of business he is about his bi and he will get the job done for you he's here he's keen he's ready to go so you know make sure you get at us now special shouts to velvet coat velvet couch screen printing and clothing they've been uploading all the uh prior beers beats and the biz episodes to youtube and they've taken care of all our printing um if you need any printing done man go go over there get over to velvet couch clothing hit them up and uh tell them that we sent you and you can get 10 percent off all your merchandise printing Now, what else we got to shout out? 20 Large Clothing. Shout outs to 20 Large Clothing doing their thing. And uh, big shouts to Harney Industries, a fellow named Ben, who lives and breathes all things rap and hip-hop, fishing, is going out on a limb with his creative mind, bringing out his own label, Harney Industries, that's going on to combine the both. Still new, with the first lot of pre-orders out in a week or so, men's, ladies, tees, hoodies, get your pre-order on, all on quality AS products, he's definitely not holding back, he's going in on this fishing and hip-hop market. That's, uh, that's new news to all of us, but it's fucking dope news, man, anyone creating their own lane, get out there and Support him. You can check him out on Facebook at Harney Industries or on Instagram at Harney Industries. Spelled like the beer Han plus a Y Industries. Get onto it. Follow him. Be sure to excuse me. Be sure to follow, share, like his page. Do all that. And once again, beers, beats, and the biz. At beers, beats, the biz. You can find us on social media. Like, rate, download, subscribe. Do all that. Thank you to anyone supporting. You can find us on Gmail. You want to get at us? You want to build? Let's do this shit. We are out here. Now, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I am super excited to have this guy live on the line via Skype from Melbourne. Um, uh, I met this guy many years ago when I was sort of hype manning for Lays as part of the uh, Backyard Tour for the launch of Lazy Grey's Band in Queensland album. Um, He's a dude that... Uh, man, he's an entrepreneur, an industrious motherfucker, a creative, a pioneer, an MC, a label head. He's a published author. He's a huge in, he's a huge inspiration to what we do. Like just in terms of diversifying and staying out there and just creating new lanes for himself. Um, he's someone who knows how to enterprise and it's always hip hop. It's always creative. He rolls. He's running food trucks. He's running shops. He's a family man. I mean, honestly, this man does it all. And once again, we are super honest by his time, it is an honor for me to introduce to the mic or introduce to the mic via Skype Raf Boogie. Raf. oh bro bro thank
0: you <laughs> no nah,
1: man nah. Uh, no dude thank you very much for being involved bro like i've been hollering at you for you know maybe a couple of months now it's taken a minute to get uh to get to this point and uh once again bro i can't thank you enough for being involved uh in beers oh, beats and the biz dude. dude and just coming on and doing your thing because you are a very busy man running businesses like all that shit dude how's um how's life treating you bro
0: Oh, it's so good! Um, first of all, just really humbled to be on here. Um, you know, sharing the stories. Yeah, man. Um, what you're doing is is unreal. Um, <laughs> nah, dude. I, I lo- I, I've been I've been loving the stories, man. It's just, you know, um, it's been a highly reflective time, as it always is, you mm. know. But um, yeah, I just it's it's been great to listen to, and thank you for uh, you know. Thank you for tuning
1: in and it's unreal. Yeah, nah, dude, nah, dude. Like I said, it's uh, we appreciate your time and fuck, honestly, dude, we can only do this because of the path you laid, man, really. Like you're an entrepreneur, dude. You, you know, you're not a businessman, you're a business man. You know, as Jay-Z once said, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, you're a dude that I look to as someone that's diversified from just being the MC and gone into numerous and various lanes. And um, I mean, coming up this weekend, obviously we're recording this in advance. This will drop on fuck this will drop Tuesday week so we're recording this on I don't know just to give people the little background we're actually recording this uh Sunday afternoon on the 4th of August but Raf has this coming weekend he's flipping burgers for 24 hours dude like we want to really get behind this for you and sort of help out and um you know uh, thank, do the thank whole you. thing but yeah speak on it brother
0: oh yeah I mean this um you know I guess uh, always every year that goes by I've I've wanted to um donate more and more to charity um and you know we do our bit but um i just felt like it was time for me to stand up and do something that um that 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 interests me yeah. and can take that to another level so it's all about um you know like um yeah, just 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 some, taking something that I really love doing and pushing that to it to its extreme as a bit of a spectacle, just a bit of fun, really. Yeah, yeah. So it was all about, you know, like, okay, cool. Why don't you flip hamburgers for um 24 hours? That seems like a stupid thing to do. Okay, <laughs> cool. Let's uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just that it's just it's just something like that. So um so yeah, on the um August the 17th, I'll be um starting at 11 a.m. and finishing at 11 a.m. on Sunday and every burger that comes out, I'll personally flip myself and, um, Crazy. everything that, um, everything that comes, um, everything that goes through the till, um, is going straight to charity. So Dude, yeah, we're, we're looking to raise, yeah, we're looking to gra- raise a group of money. Um, and yeah, i have just been um, out there, just just every every single person that I know, I'm just 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 wording them up about it, and mm. and hopefully everyone will come through, and we'll have a bit of fun. I got all my friends coming to run the till, Shit. so every hour the till person will change, um, <laughs> and then and then I. DJ's coming through so yeah I mean and you know people just been um, hitting me up and just like hey what whatever we can do you know so um, you know uh, I'm very I'm very positive about the event and I'm very I, I I really love the people that are that are getting around. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely, dude. And and what a what an undertaking, man. Flipping burgers for twenty four hours, but not just the <laughs> not not just the undertaking. I mean, you're making an event out of it, like you said, DJs and all that sort of thing. I mean, this episode will be yeah. dropping on the eleventh or the twelfth of August. So like we're dropping, we'll be doing all the promo in lead up and all that kind of thing. So we definitely uh, want to help out and play our role. But who's who's involved, man? Like beyond yourself.
0: Oh. Yeah, I mean, um, just all all uh, all my homies that are um, just in the hood. Yeah. Um, so just just friends. it just takes you know to me it just takes a village. Yeah. Any any time someone busts out, as like as long as is if all your friends are involved, um, just just it gets way more momentum. Yeah. 100%. Um, so yeah, but you know, like uh, as soon as I as soon as I put it up. And said that I was doing it, you know. Um, deadly and the whole Frankston crew were like, "We're coming through. We don't <laughs> See, give a fuck. We'll be there yeah. at three a.m. with See. the sounds, you know." <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "Okay, word, you know." So um, yeah, just just a whole bunch, just just a whole bunch of crew that yep. haven't seen in a minute. So um, yeah, just <laughs> just just oh, you know, guy from Wax Museums, he's going to turn up at like four a.m. and play. Fuck. Um, yeah <laughs> that's rad dude that's unreal yeah yeah so yeah we'll, we'll just see um but yeah there's no there's, and you know like like all this stuff there's, there's no pressure on anyone you know mm. just whatever whatever if someone can just come through and buy a hamburger just know that that money is going straight to charity the charity um is called YSAS youth support advocacy service so it's really about getting um I was really fortunate you know I grew up in a um in a very uh stable household yep um, a lot of um a lot of kids don't get that opportunity um, there is there are charities out there that are helping to build those environments that's that's, awesome. that's what it's about for me you know yeah, um, absolutely. and um, i've got a sixteen year old son myself and i just i just i can see that um that he makes he makes good decisions when he feels safe and confident, mm. and I'd really like it if um if I, I really like investing in that part of our society. Yeah, hundred um, percent, dude. Yeah. yeah,
1: so yeah. Oh, it's a no. Nah, it's that's a, a fucking a art. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's a it's an absolutely beautiful thing, man. I mean, where does like the journey, like, dude? You've been running food trucks. You now own now. You do you have a? You've got a store in Brunswick, or do you have multiple stores now?
0: Uh, we have uh, we have five food trucks and two uh, stores in Brunswick. That's amazing. Um, uh, oh, thank you. It's really you know honestly it's just the staff. Mm. You know the the staff that are around have been with me some some going on eight nine years now. Yep. Um And it's just incredible to see people grow and for people to be interested in the journey that that I'm on and to be able to come along with that. Um, yeah, I'm just yeah, really humbled by their support. Um yeah yeah uh. <laughs> where does but where does <laughs> yeah. that where, where does the journey into food sort of
1: begin for you bro like because you know like I like I stated in the interest I, man I, I I'm often incredibly clumsy through these intros because I don't write nothing down like I just have my little dot points where I just sort of go through and I sort of fumble through it but like I said dude you have done so much man you have been a label head you're an MC you are a pioneer you are a creative you're a pub- uh. <laughs> you're a published author you've been involved in fashion with blank clothing like i Want to get to all this stuff with you, man? But like the journey to food, dude. Where does that sort of?
0: Oh, uh, it was just always like, um, I guess growing up, I grew up in a um restaurant, so my father had a restaurant, so we lived above that. Um, and I, I think that um, that he he planted the seed for music, creativity, um, drawing, and and food, you yeah, know, because yeah. we lived above the restaurant, so every day it was my job to throw the bottles out. Um you know reset any tables vacuum the restaurant and then i'd go to school or um and he would he would uh he was actually a high school teacher so the um the the restaurant business was his like um side hustle yeah well, yeah well. <laughs> i don't know how this i don't know how this guy did it all but um you know we were up early um would just reset the restaurant um and then he would go out um, teach high school. He, he was an art teacher, so he'd teach graphics and art. Fuck. And then he'd come back, um, put some music on, get the food going, and open the restaurant into the night. Shit. And that was our. That That's <laughs> that amazing. Was our hustle. Yeah. So that, that was our hustle for a lot of, that was my family's hustle for a lot of years. Dude, it sounds um, like he
1: instilled the hustle in you. Like when I look at all you've achieved, man, all you've done up until this point and all you have yet to achieve also, you know, but like, it really sounds like you've learned a lot of that from your old man almost.
0: Yeah. He, um, yeah, he, he brought a lot of that, 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 um, that energy. And he was doing a lot of that. And my mum was just there, you know, like supporting it and, you know, trying to be smart about it and do it. Um, and yeah, they, they, they were just, they were just working class dudes who, um, who, who just loved the energy, the, the creative energy. So yeah. I just been trying to draw on that pretty much all my life, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, Where in Melbourne yeah, did you but, grow up? I grew up in Frankston. Okay, word. Yeah, so uh, in the early years we were in Caulfield, um, and then and then um, and then we moved out to Frankston as when I was in grade uh, grade three. Um, and then yeah, started the Frankston hustle. <laughs> yeah, 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 the Frankston, Frankston hustle. If you don't know, Frankston's about um, an hour from um, from Melbourne, like um, down south. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. that's right.
1: Out there, pretty much near the beach, isn't it, or on the beach?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's like a beachside town, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it was, a, it was a great place to grow up. Um, mm. yeah, loved it
1: no absolutely man well dude like i mean speaking of growing up dude like where does sort of you know when we do these podcasts it's kind of i hate to sort of be generic with it but like always love hearing sort of where where that hip-hop journey sort of begins for you dude and like someone such as yourself man who has achieved so much and has you know taken those varying paths did you like where does it begin bro where does it all sort
0: of all sort oh, of kick I off i think um yeah sure it it, it probably began in grade two my um my father took me or my mom took me to um uh uh breakdance or rap dance class or whatever <laughs> at the core at the core um like community center yeah so um there's a so we went there and um And I was tiny, like I was so small. And I started, I started like rap, rap dancing, you know, every Wednesday night. It was like a class. There might, there there must have been like 50, 100 people there. It was crazy. And, um, local news, local newspaper came through and took a photo of me and put it in the, in the, uh, uh, in the, you know um they printed it yeah yeah and I was like wow that was cool you know that was my first little bit of the limelight you know yeah and that that stuff gets addictive I was like oh that's sick you know I did something and someone took notice that's rad (laughs) so uh (laughs) so that was that and then and then when we moved to Frankston um probably just uh not nothing much in the in the sort of um primary school years. Mm. I, I definitely remember hearing um the message, Grandmaster Flash, yeah. and just thinking, man, that is that is just incredible. Yeah, like, what an incredible song. and then um and then uh, got to high school. Um, my parents didn't send me to the local high school. They sent me to one where I knew no one. No shit. Um, mm. yeah, so I was like, okay, cool. I had to, you know, had to dig deep and meet people all again, um, and um, yeah, the the one other kid at school was in, that that I could relate to um, was a guy called Pace, mm. and he um, he was the only other um, he was the only other ethnic guy at school. His yeah. parents were Egyptian, yeah. and yeah. I was half Malay, and uh, so we were just like, okay, cool, we're we're just going to hang out. Yeah, and he just showed me hip hop he just showed me hip hop and I was like oh fuck this is just crazy yeah
2: dude.
0: um and then basically um we were just we were just kicking it and this is probably year 7 yeah. year 8 he was year 8 um and he's like hey I uh there was a, there was another dude around Ashley Butler this guy and he just was like hey Raph, I wrote you a rap <laughs> and I was like I was like what and he's like, yeah, I wrote you a rap. And I was like, oh, shit. And then he gave me this rap. I was like, oh, cool. That's sick, man. Thank you. Um, Fine. And then I went home. I was like, fuck, I can write my own rap. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So then I just wrote a rap, wrote a rap, brought it back to school the next day and just showed pace. And he's like, oh, cool, man. Let's just let's just start rapping. Yeah. So we just started rapping. And, um yeah, we 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 started this little crew called um, As One, Dude. As One Productions. Yep. That was us. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Um, and then yeah, went from there to. Um, I, I didn't even know how these things all happened. Like, but basically, we went from there. On a Friday night, we would um, we would catch the train in. Probably another year or two passed. It would just um, year. Must have been like year eight. Um, we went into the city of Melbourne um, on a Friday night. We would go to Collectors Corner, mm. um, and someone I can't—I I honestly don't know how this all linked up—but um, I remember meeting DJ Item. Yes, yep. And Item was just like this hub hub. Of, uh, he was just like everyone knew him, and he was just he was there for the, all these upcoming MCs that were just starting to you know do their thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, went out to his place a couple times and then all of a sudden there was a gig booked and we were having a gig Fuck. <laughs> and I was like, were you still oh, in shit, school? What? Still- yeah. Yeah. I was 13. No shit. Like it's. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, because I know, um, like, when I don't mean to interrupt, but when we were talking to Frenzy, I mean, Frenzy sort of broke down some of the As One history for us, and like, they have like you've been referenced, um, like, I think in Lenny's episode, in Trem's episode, I think maybe even Reason mentioned As One. Like, if you go back through, like, you know, for the listeners listening, if um, they want to go back through, like, our back catalogue of some of the, our other episodes, you get a different history and a different perspective on certain things. But fuck, dude, that is amazing because that's what even um, Frenzy <laughs> was saying. Frenzy was saying, like, man, this dude was so small. right? Like you know, is no, this tiny dude?
0: I don't even know. I don't even know how my mum was letting me out of the house. Oh, for like real, this. bro! Like, <laughs> I was like, I, my voice hadn't had not broken. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, I was pre-pubescent. Like, it was yeah. crazy. I was yeah. like, I look at my son now. My son's about to twelve, turn twelve, and I'm like. Dude, uh, I don't know what I. Was doing. <laughs> I was like, and he's not leaving oh, the house God. for another six years, is he? <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I was out there getting at it with these guys. Yeah, we were, um, we were rapping. We had, and then there was a show booked. Like seriously, Just our like first that. song was about Yogo Custard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know if anyone's spoken on that, but Dude,
1: Dude, yeah, was... bro, before we get to the Yogo incident, man, like I just want to ask, what was Melbourne like in, at that period of time for you? Like if you're trekking from Frankston as a little kid, heading into the city, you're meeting item, you're meeting all these new people. Like I'm presuming you probably were seeing yeah. Ransom
0: by that stage and AKA. Uh, you know, Ransom was a bit older, but it was like, um, it was frenzy. There was a dude who worked at Collectors Corner called Jamal, yep. um, and it was... I mean, I am. I just feel, you know, these teenage years were. I, I just feel bl- like so blessed yeah, to man. have been part of this. Um, and I, I, don't know, like, what the odds are, but there, there, there must be like thousands to one that w- that some kid can just fall into this amazing, um, kind of. Uh, Life I'm gonna say trajectory. like like five t- five ten years of just like pure like you would just be on the train looking at new pieces Yeah. like it was just it was just crews rolling around it wasn't too violent i don't remember yep. um but it was people were just bombing the train <laughs> it was just yeah. crazy yeah, man. um there was already already a lot of crews had established the pieces on the line so you got to see old stuff and you got to go okay cool. even though they're only a few years old but you were like damn that's crazy yeah. and then there was new pieces popping up um yeah um kids were breaking but i I really feel like it was about the graffiti the train culture just started linking the whole place up yeah exactly so um and then and then the hip-hop was just it was just wild i don't even know what we were doing (laughs) we were like i had no pre like um anything it was just like hey write a write a verse And just spit it over some um, some breakbeats that you know, item. Or remember going out to Frenzy's house, and we were just like, dude, what? I was just, I was just, my head was just spinning the whole time. I just laughed it.
1: Because they can't – because, I mean, I suppose, like, at that point, there's no basis of comparison. There's no – like, yous are the first guys doing it, and that's what I always marvel at, and I marvel at Melbourne in that era, man. Melbourne in that era, like, it it spawned so much style and yous were the guys that fucking did it, like, the the writers, the this, you know, the DJs, the MCs and all that, but – Fuck! I can't even remember where I was going, but like, just like coming out of that dude being so young, like going into those first gigs, and you're just rapping on breakbeats? Like, had you had you written songs at that stage?
0: No, no, no man, I can't really remember. Yeah, I, I just remember, I just remember going to Pace's house every Monday, and we would rehearse yep. in his in his in his in his lounge room. He had a, like a ghetto blaster. We just rehearse over whatever was going on, yeah. and then every every Friday night we tune into the radio. Yep. And send out shout send our shout outs. Like everyone was sending shout outs. Is that stepping into the um, AM? Uh that would have been Wheels of Steel okay, yep. on Friday night on um on Triple R. Okay, well. And then um and then it was like and then the next thing it was like, hey, we're going into triple R. I was like, what? We're yeah. going on radio? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like tripping out. And um and then when I finally found uh, – and then when PBS started um, with uh, Step into the and with Chrissy, you know, I would have been about – I would have been 15, 16 by that stage. Fuck. And, um, and I, I had like my, – um, my, my Saturday nights were basically my dad taking me to the radio station. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was, <laughs> that, I was that into it. I was like, I just want to come and hang out. That's what I want to do on Saturday night. And my dad was like, cool, I'll take you. And you could just, I'd just rock up. And oh, I'd just shit. be sitting in the room just watching these guys just doing their thing. And I'd be just, you know, sending shout outs, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. it was crazy. This, this, shit, so, this shit's yeah.
1: intoxicating at that age, isn't it? You know, like, I suppose regardless yeah. of the era, I imagine even today being 16, like, hip-hop is just an intoxicating thing when you start, you know, when you start getting into the graffiti side of things and all that kind of shit. But for me, like, you know, being of your age in that era of Melbourne and what was going on culturally, like, that's an amazing mm. thing to, to you know, to really have been at the forefront of also, you know, like you're a pioneer. Yeah, there. I mean,
0: there was just – these guys were just laying the fabric, you know, yeah. they were – they. There was no fabric. They were stitching it up. That's you know, right. And I yeah. just, I, I just feel like I just so blessed to be there and added my little bit, you know. Yeah. But these guys were, they were, you know, the Shawnee Bees, the Ransoms, all those guys were just like they were already having, they were already rolling. I just feel like I was just, I was just kicking in my little bits and pieces just here and there. The but <laughs> it was, it was, just, yeah, just getting in the mix, you know. But yeah. I just feel it was, you know, like. um it was just a great way to grow up. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine um, anything else like that. That and, and like you said, that those feelings of seeing things for the first time—they were—they um—they were really intoxicating to me. Yeah, bro. And I've gone on to try to to tap those feelings again you know to do things for the first time yeah yeah.
1: absolutely man and you do you you are responsible for so many firsts it's like i said you're fucking so entrepreneurial and i want to get to all of that but back to the as one stuff man like because you know i've had friends who talk on as one um i'm pretty sure trem you know sort of mentioned as one and lenny as well but dude as one like how long did you last you did that yoga the the can you actually before we get to you know the (laughs) yoga throwing
0: (laughs) incident bro can you speak on that Uh, that was just well this (laughs) is our first gig for some reason we had a um uh we had a song called yoga like i I don't know what was going on but we had a song um item was on the cut that day and i was like we were going to the gig at the metro and we were on the bill um this is our first gig ever and i was like man we should like give yoga custard to the dudes in the front you know really get them like, I don't know what I was thinking, yeah. but I was like, you know, like, let's, let's give these guys a real experience, you know, like have yoga anyway. I was like, cool. Bought, oh, we bought up a bunch of these custard things. And then, and then I can't remember what it was, but I, no, I can remember. We had, there was like a couple of, um, there was a couple of backup dancers that were dancing, um, for all the crews in Fuck. the background. Yeah, word. couple of, um, a couple of frenzies, homies, um, and they, 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 and then when we'd finished our song, they, they decided to grab a couple of the yogos and really throw them to the back, mm. like <laughs> yeah, yeah, without
1: without any consideration that, for who they may hit, <laughs> uh, uh, and it
0: and and it, and it flew to the back, and now all the heaviest dudes always stand in the back, of course, you know. And I remember it hit Dave from um, DSA, who was, was Peanut's fun, brother. And uh, he had the freshest white T-shirt, and it was oh, fucking covered chocolate dude. yogurt And uh, he just was just, like so mad at me, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and I was just like, oh man, dude. I was like, I felt so bad. And I like, Shit, I, feel bad. I ended up hooking up with him years later, and I was like, oh, bro, still that custard, that yogurt instead of what a stupid thing. Anyway, he was they were cool. heavy dudes at that time, um,
1: weren't they, those guys?
0: Oh He's yeah, saying. yeah, they were, they, were, they, were, they were running things yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, shout out to Dave and uh, Peanut. Um but yeah, you know. It it was um you, you know, it was a it was a great it was just such a great scene. But they were, you know, any anyone or inauthentic, you know, I remember Mighty Big Crime, they were giving away um like uh, records that day yeah. and um all the heavy dudes just came for the front, grabbed their records. Uh, Broke them in half and gave them back. (laughs) I was was like, "Oh, that's so intense!" Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, dude. People weren't having no, no one. If you if you fake the funk, they just you just got shut down. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) everyone was. uh, yeah, everyone was just um, on their thing. Um, why were Mighty
1: like just? I've I've got to ask why because I've Mighty Big Crime have came have come up numerous times on this show and I've never thought to ask it. And I should ask you why were Mighty Big Crime fronted on at that point in time? They were one of the first hip hop groups to sign to a major, weren't they?
0: Yeah, I think it was just that they just they just came out of kind of nowhere and then no one really appreciated their music or and it was yeah I think it was on Virgin, yes. so they were just like. We were just like everyone was so grassroots. Yep. Um, and that's what we that's what we loved. Everyone was independent, and then you had this sort of um, these guys, sort of like at the top of the, like trying to be on top. Yeah. And it was like, nah, that's that's just weird. Were they from, um, were they a
1: part of the scene at all down there?
0: Nah, they just weren't part of any. Yeah, they weren't they weren't part of the scene. So, so they just it was just a little like, um, you know, whenever anyone's tried to be sort of um whenever a majors try to like inject something into a grassroots scene it's just never worked and i think yeah. this is the first version of that
2: yeah 100% um
0: yeah so yeah that just um that was that was just a groundbreaking kind of gig um uh yeah it was just an amazing moment in time who else was on um, the bill
1: who else was on the bill for that gig
0: um Definitely, um, oh, man, I saw the flyer the other month. Yeah, dude, um, I know, Frenzy AP, posted it. AP, yeah, um, you know, uh, pretty sure Positive Directions, which was um, Shawnee B and um, and Item, yeah. Um, uh, NME, which was Reason and um, Mur, um PMP, which was um, Prowler, Prowler's Crew. Fuck. Um, I can picture the poster was called, and we were part of I think the we were sort of part of this little sort of crew called Fresh Evidence. okay, um, so we were like that we were like the young sort of um, dudes um, just coming up. Yeah, mm. so mm. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, um, and then I guess as one lasted for another little bit, like I can't really remember, we did a, we did a you know a few shows, more shows, um, lots of fun stuff on radio. And then just started meeting people like yeah. um Yeah, we were just traveling around. That's just what we did. We just got around and did stuff and it wasn't it was all pretty loose and that was cool. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's that
1: organic thing, just moving around the city meeting
0: people yeah. and you know, hitting, yeah, those, hitting no those radio was, no shows. No one was really concerned. Yeah, the radio shows were just amazing. Yeah. Um and no one was really concerned with um no one was trying to get a record deal or anything like that. Yeah. We were just trying to make we were just trying to make songs and be part of this sort of um this culture that was just, just growing and growing yeah, and the burgeoning uh, just, uh, burgeoning subculture yeah. 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 yeah um yeah and just just meeting everyone for the first time um you know like you said tram um uh, Brad, Stratton, uh, just, just everyone, you know. I was also started to work at Central Station Records, which is where, um, you know, I was like the guy who would uh, crush all the boxes. <laughs> I was just a kid too, you know. Like, Take care of the recycling. Was, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Yeah. So it had so many boxes. They were like, crush all these boxes. That was my first job, or <laughs> yeah. one of my first jobs. Um so, yeah, I'd, and I'd, uh, I was probably there around 15, 16, sort of. I just wanted to be – like, honestly, I've, I just wanted to be involved. Yes. There was just so many things happening. So, yeah, being involved was just – it was just awesome.
1: Yeah, and you're already moving on sort of multiple levels at such a young age. Like, you know, just, you know, seeing the graph, being in Central Station. I mean, dude, what was it like being in Central Station Records at that – you know, at that stage?
0: yeah it was really good um they just had there was just they'd just be buying like any any new releases they would just be buying like multiples like yep. you know 10 copies of an obscure obscure 12 inch you know and they would just drop them and all the djs would come through on um on friday night um and they're just you just you're just meeting everyone yeah. um I, I mean i was really fortunate i got i kind of by fifteen, sixteen, I'd met um, you know it also, uh, Frenzy had DJed for us um, for a couple of years there. Then I guess I started to um, uh, so it was as one was me, Pace, and a guy called Cripple. Yes. Um, by this time, um, Cripple had sort of um, he, he'd started doing his own thing. I, he was just he was just more into graph. Um, so me and Pace um, and and I. I kind of got taken under the wing, um, of a guy called DJ C and he, he, he became my first real kind of mentor. Um, and then I just, and then slowly I I started just, I kind of probably moved away from pace a little bit, um, being in the city more, um, and hanging out with C. Um, and yeah, he just showed me, um, you know, he just started showing me, um, kind of how to play music and, you know, um, Mix a little bit, mm. beat mix. Um, yep. So I rolled with him, um, yeah, th- and that was through those sort of central days. And then a little bit later, um, I kind of I was still making music with Pace. Yes. And then we started – and then our, and then we were like, oh, it's not as one anymore because Cripple's not here. Um, and at this time, we had met, um, met up with Ransom. Yeah. And then our, and then me. Um, me ransom and um, me and Pace and ransom. Our our crew was called Faces of Debt. Yes, yes, Faces <laughs> yeah, of Debt, so, dude. Uh,
1: yes, hundred percent.
0: So we um we
1: uses spoken of incredibly highly too, man. Like as one uh, Faces of Debt era. Yeah. Like you know, everyone that I talk to speaks on what you guys contributed. Uh, you know, like uh, highly, man. Like you know, can, yeah. Tell us about uh, it, bro. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. Oh,
0: uh, it was just uh, no, it's just um. I remember we just we were just writing rhymes. Um we recorded a few songs. Um Ransom was um working or he was um like becoming studying audio engineering. Mm. So we just kind of got our money together and was able to buy a couple of days in the studio. Though that was the and then we we decided to do a posse cut. Um and that was the first time Brad came into the studio. Yeah, no. Um, shit. and that was it was really fun but I learned that the 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 sort of the the Kind of studio environment and trying to crunch everything to two or three days wasn't really for me. Yeah. You know, it was really hard to be on that stage. Uh, up until then, I'd just been all about the four tracks. Yes, and yeah. uh, just doing stuff at home, and that just felt way better. So once we were in this thing and the and the, and the clock was ticking, and you you know you, like all my money that I had saved me and pace, you know, like it was like a thousand dollars and that it was like, oh man. And I I never really felt that happy with those demos. I just, Mm. and I don't think any of us were, but it was a good experience. Yeah. Um, and then we, um, I remember there was a show in Adelaide called, um, voices of the underground Two, And, and that was probably one of my favorite shows. Um, and that was like getting over to Adelaide. um, and doing a show, Deathwish Cast played and um intense and good play as well. And yeah, intense quality, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm and, pretty and sure it I've was seen like floor
1: for that, that gig, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was that weekend was incredible. I loved that weekend. Yeah. That was, that was so great. Underage
1: show. The- is, is that when you sort of started seeing that there was like a movement sort of happening Australia-wide? Because, you know, you're speaking, you know, like for younger listeners, Raf's talking on a time where you had to pay for studio time. There wasn't the internet, you, don't, you know, you didn't have that, um, there wasn't the, imme- the immediacy that there is today with music, yeah. you know, like it was something you invested everything in, you put everything into it to get very little return, you know, like. Like, and then you just go out there and start connecting with other people that are essentially doing the same things, traveling interstate and doing all that kind of shit. Like, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, I guess it laid a good foundation for my perspective on, um, on creating art, artwork, you know? Yeah. Um, if I had, if I had the money, I, I was, I was, I wanted to put it in. And, and I didn't really care on the return mm, um, yeah. because I wanted to make it as good as I possibly can. That's it. Um, I guess at that stage, bef- just before Adelaide, I got I went on a road trip. I remember driving to um, – DJC took me to um, to Sydney. I think it was around 91, mm. uh, 92 to the DMC finals. Fuck. And I would have I just been 18 and I met – I got to um, – I got to rap with um, with yeah. Wish Cast. Fuck. And I was just – I was like, oh, man, this was just a fucking dream come true. You yeah, know, like dude. I couldn't believe it. They were playing at Kinsella's and they brought me up for a verse. And um, I must have just been 18 by that stage, I think, um, or 17, 18. And, um, and then, um, yeah, got to watch the DMC finals. And Had they um, heard your
1: demos or anything like that? Like had those demos sort of gotten into state somehow uh, or –
0: nah i don't think so oh, actually you know what i don't i don't even know There yeah. would have just been like um you know the scene was so small back then yeah. that i guess you just heard if someone was in town but yeah meeting um meeting serac um and um and deafish cast um was and it was that was just an amazing thing, you know. So I could see that there was they had their and and just recognizing that there was Sydney had a style. Yes, it was different to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah. Um, and then getting over to Adelaide and being like, um, "Wow, you guys have got a style too." Yeah. Um, and then when yeah when I was in Adelaide, that's when I met BVA, um, and then and then you know we started yeah we just started hanging out and um, oh, yeah I guess was BVA sort of move.
1: Sorry, was BVA on? Was he on the lineup for that Adelaide gig for yeah, Voices of the Underground? Um,
0: yeah, he actually he actually could. He came to the. Um, I think he was like maybe he was only twelve or thirteen as well. Yeah, so, I've heard that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he was on the lineup. He was on the lineup, um, and yeah, he he played at the um, the underage show. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, and I was like, um, wow, that was. Their their group was called Positive Distractions, I think. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I was like, man, this guy can really rap, yeah. and yeah, it was just it was just crazy. Dude,
1: I'm always amazed at how young you guys were, and like. How you's, how you's just made something out of nothing. I mean, that's essentially, you know, that's the, um, I suppose, the underlying ethos of hip-hop. It's so DIY. It is what it is. And you guys only did what was an extension of what was already going on in New York, LA, like wherever, like overseas. But to me, I'm always amazed at how young some of you guys were creating this stuff. Like, you know, and that's that show you were speaking on Voices of the Underground and then also the one prior with the yoga incident. I'm going to dig <laughs> up, I'm no, dude, I'm going to dig up the flyers um, of those shows because I know Frenzy posted that one, and I'm pretty sure MC Tash yeah. posted the Voices of the Underground one recently. So hopefully, I can dig yeah. those flyers up and post them on our um, social media when this episode is live because they're amazing pieces of history, man. And the 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 role you guys played in what this all became, like what hip hop is in this country today, you know, like all those names you talked about, like PMP and uh, NME and all those, like, man, all the dudes that came out of those crews, you know, intense quality, everything, dude, as one, Acapulco gold, like faces of debt, you know, yeah. like, it's amazing to me, man. I just marvel at it, bro. Like, I love it. and like. Well,
0: I mean, I was, I, I'm just, I, I, I just was really fortunate that there was guys that were, you know, that um, they were already rocking, you know, yeah. like, I, I just, I'm just so, so thankful for I'm thankful for Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. 100%. And then, and then, and then after that, you know, like, um, like London Posse and Rodney P. Yes. They were like, okay, cool. These guys are now rapping in their own accent. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm like so thankful to AKA Brothers. Yes. For doing their thing. And yeah. then I was like, fuck, that was. They, they really laid it down. Um, and you know, uh, by the time I had. Um, faces of Debt had started finished. I started to go a bit more on the solo tip, yep. and that's when Ransom sort of took me in, and he was my second mentor. Yeah, um, and he, he looked after me for um for yeah for 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 many years. You know, taught me stuff, and we hung out, and um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, was, and became.
1: And became like the producer and well not just produ well, he produced um, I suppose, um, things for uh, or you know, did mixing and engineering for Minnemonic Ascent later on, but became the DJ for Monica Ascent, you know, your crew with BVA yeah. and, and ransom Yeah,
0: he- was, uh, yeah me and Beev got me and BVA just we just hit it off. Um, and I was like, Okay, cool, well let's you know, he was Beve was making beads. Um so I'd just go over to Adelaide. By this stage I'd already um hooked up with uh, uh, with an old friend from the Frankston line, um, Danny, um, and we'd started blank.
1: Oh, dude, um, listen, so, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So we had um, – so me and him were painting a lot um, and then we started making clothes and then that just – that was just going – that kind of went a bit bananas.
2: It did, um, bro.
0: I didn't, I didn't realize how it was going to go but that was just like – that just went crazy. So what I would do every every probably once a month for a little while there, I would pack my bag up on a Friday night with all the new hoodies. I'd catch the um, bus over to Adelaide. I'd sell all the hoodies and tees. And then me and BVA would get to um, sort of make music for one or two days. Fuck, yeah. And then, um, then I'd catch the Firefly back to Melbourne Um and get back in uh, Monday morning, and then me and Danny would be back at work, you know, yeah. you know, mid morning Monday, printing T-shirts. We printed everything ourselves for the first sort of few years. That's right. You had your own um, carousel and everything, that, didn't you? Yeah, we had a carousel, um, and yeah, we were just. That, this has just been our whole sort of ethos. Just kind of. It wasn't even like work it out yourself. Um, for anything, but like you just had to work it out yourself. That's right. Like you couldn't, you didn't have capital. You just had to work it out yeah. yourself. Yeah, you had so, no, you had no uh, other real options. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I guess we started mnemonic um, from just hanging out and just making making music together, and it was just, it was just, it was really, really nice thing to do. Um, his house was an amazing. Um, I don't know. If, did
1: you ever get to his house? Jake? Bvas, was- yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I had the pleasure of going yeah. there twice on two separate occasions. I stayed there once, and then uh, the first time I ever went there was when Ken Oath recorded his verse for "Pain with Blood" off Ben in Queensland, and I saw that studio. Oh, it was the dude. first time I ever saw a proper studio, like or what, or what, what seemed like a proper studio. Prior to that, we we're always mm-hmm. in like Lazy's bedroom in Elchester, or you know, Proof's mm-hmm. bedroom in fucking Runcorn, like wherever we we're in home studios, and you know, BVA's studio was a home studio for what it was worth. As well, but it just seemed like a proper. It seemed like that setup. But dude, listen, before we get to the mnemonic stuff and all that kind of thing, because like mnemonics sent to me are like an unheralded unheralded heroes of hip hop in this country to me like just amazing production amazing lyrics left like slightly left field for what was going on at that period in time like i want to get to all that mnemonic stuff but before we do do just before we get to mnemonic and blank and you know because i definitely that's we're going there but um the the impact of aka brothers bro like you know because like you said you'd met ransom and all that kind of thing can you just speak on the impact of aka in melbourne and beyond at that stage like when you met ransom and you know was that like meeting a hero you know way
0: yeah it was just um i think i was at the radio like this would have been the time when i was going into the radio station yes so i was going in there every saturday night and chrissy was so so welcoming and i'd just sit on the couch and just listen and take it in and then um i think one time i got a chance to rap and i was like you know threw it down and then um after that ransom gave me a business card yeah. and said yeah like straight up records business card and <laughs> said um, hey dude, give me a call when I get back from New York. So they were going out to New York for the new music seminar. Yeah. Um, him, Pack, and Choice Cuts. Um I think uh Peril and Paris went out there as well. It was like a bit of a little it was like a Melbourne trip. Yeah. Um so they went out there and did their show and then when he got back, like I remember calling up the radio station, I was like, Hey man, you told me to call up and he, <laughs> he was just like, Oh yeah, what do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was like Oh man! Uh, yeah, you told me to call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I was literally like, you know, sixteen at my mom's house, yeah, just dude. going, oh, what, what am I calling for again? You know, like, <laughs> what, a, <laughs> like, what agenda do uh, I have other than to talk know, to like, this dude? You know, they were like, he was like six years older than me. Yeah. He Would have been like, okay, what do you want? You know, yeah. sort of thing. But whatever, these are all these awkward times and awkward moments. They're they're what make you who you are. That's you know, right, dude. and. You know, having enough balls to even call a radio station. Yeah. Um, that so, shit's yeah, character was, building. Yeah, it's just all character building. But yeah, they um they were already you know they had the when the second um uh twelve inch dropped um they were just they were doing it you know they were they were really doing it and then they were sort of finished. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just a, just a moment in time. And, but they, they went all out, you know, like they were buying the records, they were making the beats, they were writing the rhymes, they were doing some shows. Um, they were up and down the and lines. Ryzen, yeah, Rise and Taki as well. Oh, um, of course. Loved their, loved their 12s, hung out. Um, yeah, it was sort of like hanging out with your um, uh, idols yeah. for sure. It was, it, was, it was strange and it was empowering and it was creative. It was just everything. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really cool.
1: Well, dude, getting yeah. into getting into blank clothing. Yeah, no, thanks for that, dude. Just because I got to ask because you know, you've worked closely with Ransom ever since in a way, you know, like for many, many years and you know, just yeah. that that sort of that initial the initial impact of AKA. I mean, you know, they laid the foundation for everyone that followed in a way, you know, it was them def wish and like you said thing the Uh, Rise and turkey finger-licking goods you know all around the country people were doing it you know but to getting into blank clothing and starting that with um it was danny young wasn't it
0: yeah danny young yeah um we were just it was just an off chance meeting another sort of fluke sort of thing i was just happened to be passing through frankston station on a whatever day and he was there and we just got talking and i was like oh you know um i bought this carousel um like a screen printing carousel for, I don't know why.
1: Yeah. Um, Had but, you ever used uh, one? I
0: was like. Had you used one prior? No. Nah, nah, nah. Never, never. <laughs> um, and I was like, I've got to get this carousel so I can make some T-shirts because that's something I could sell. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's how my, that's how I thought. Yeah. And um, and then they, and then I was chatting to him. And he's like, okay, cool. Well, I've done these designs, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's basically let's link up and we just got together and started printing T-shirts and we started with um, 30 T-shirts and 30 hoodies. His um, dad lent us like $500 or whatever it was to buy that.
2: Yeah.
0: And then, um, and then we. Yeah, we printed them and just sold them hand to hand styles.
1: Um, it's amazing you had such an enterprising mind at such a young age. I mean, it's not surprising when you come from you know, like you know, when you've already broken down how your old man was sort of working the two jobs, coming home, hustling the kitchen, and doing all that sort of thing. But even at that age, you knew that you just you just needed that product. Just there was a product that you could sell and well, you could make and
0: money. I mean, I you know I'd seen I'd seen people putting on gigs themselves as yep. well. Yep. So it was like you know if you wanted to do something, you, you I just felt like you had to get out there and do it. That's right. Um, so I was like, "Hey, we can print that T-shirt." Like, you know, i've I've been very um, I've been very fortunate, um, but I've also been um, probably a bit arrogant, a bit <laughs>
2: ignorant,
0: uh, whatever. And we were just printing T-shirts. Probably the first couple didn't work out, but you work it out because you you want to you want to put something out that's quality.
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. And blank and, and blank. And,
0: and, sorry. And you and you care about what people are getting, you That's know. It. Like I care about every hamburger that goes out. I care. I cared about every single T-shirt, whether the print was going to wash off, whether the neck was going to bust out. Mm. Um, we really cared about what what we were putting out in the world dude blank um, clothing like yeah. I, I was
1: a I, like I was a huge supporter of blank clothing during those years I'd cop anything blank and then sort of burn crew came off the back of that and um I've actually yeah. got my, my, I've got my wife in my, in the studio at the moment and she sort of she met me back in those days like we've been together for 15 16 years and I was wearing blank clothing everywhere man like oh, anything uh, blank and, like and, and dude the, the quality of those garments man like fuck the prints dude if I still had any of those tees, the tea have probably the tees have probably eroded and the print still exists. You know, like th- that's how they were, man. Like they were such well-made, like great quality garments. I remember copping them from like Butterbeats and Rocking Horse in Brisbane. I mean, yeah, you had them around yeah, Australia. Yeah, we were.
0: That, I mean, that was the great link. You know, yeah. like there was people doing stuff around the country. So when we decided to make the clothes, you know, it was like, oh, cool. Well. You know, I met Hans once. Yep. Give him a shout out. He was getting them in. You know, um, yep. Butterbeats getting them in. Um, yeah, it was just like we had it. We had it all around the country, and it was just it was just an amazing thing. And then we would just meet so many new people. Um, we had our skate team rocking. That's right. And, um, yeah. It was just like uh, yeah, it was just crazy. OBs, you know, Ollie Bobbit. Um, before it was obese. It yes. was Obes. Yep. Um, and I and he couldn't he couldn't really afford to buy the stock. So we would just go down there with you know a, a, a hundred hoodies, put him in there. Next week they'd be sold, and we'd be coming back. So it was sort of like a little consignment sort of deal. Yeah, dude. Um, and then he he started his store actually started off in the back of a um, another store. Um, Similar to how, yeah, similar
1: how to how yeah. um, – that's how Butterbeat started too up here. I remember it was in the back of another yeah. store, you know, similar type thing. And that's where I was yeah. – kind of, I so remember getting some of my earliest blank tees from there. Who designed the logo?
0: Uh, it was, uh, Danny designed everything um, except for all, obviously all the guest prints. Yes. Um, but, yeah, he, he designed – he did all the tags, all the stuff. Sweet. We just taught ourselves how to use computers yeah um, Bloody yeah! Just we we're just making stuff, and then the and then I guess and there was no other, there was no real competition or anything. No, no. Um, there no. was yeah, it was just it was just crazy. Um, they were crazy years because just, you yous were outselling global DC at that time, weren't you? Oh yeah, I mean they, they 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 those brands hadn't even really had didn't even have much apparel, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just had this. We just had a movement. Like a real proper movement of people that were excited to belong or to be part of something. And um, yeah, it was just it was just incredible. It was an incredible thing to be part of. It did feel Uh, like you were
1: a part of something when you were wearing that clothing because like even just, you know, I remember you had the print with the train line on it and shit like that, you know, like the, you know, there was various prints. I had a bunch of them, man. I had the, like the, the logo hoodies. I had the Vandals tee with the marker. I remember having the one Uh, with the train and the, then the lines, the, the Melbourne lines sort of superimposed in the background. You went deep on it, Jake. That's sick. Dude, I had,
0: bro, I had them all, man. Oh, not Uh, all of them, but I
1: bought shitloads of them. Like fucking. Uh,
0: thank you thank you I mean we we were just we were just excited like we were genuinely just excited to be making new stuff to be to be getting it out and it it had a um, it had culture mm. um, and it was yeah it came from it came from a good place yeah. we, we were genuinely interested in what we were doing um, and yeah I think that I think the culture came through um, but yeah this is all pre-internet yeah 100%. Um, just you, know, you went. You went to your store, and you, the guy in the store told you what was up. Yeah, and yeah. It's like here you go. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is what this is. And if there was any story to catch, it was just about me and Danny, and we were still out there um, uh, painting the Frankston line. You know, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we're doing. Absolutely. Well, yeah.
1: you, I mean, you you um, with Blank, you um, collaborated with a bunch of artists. You co- collaborated with Puzzle Early, Pubes, Dorps. Like, what what were some of yeah. your favorite Blank um, collabs?
0: Uh, I really like the one that we did with Demote. Um, um, and I love the one with Scram. Yeah. yeah,
2: um, yeah.
0: The one with Deathwish. Ah, uh, the one with Sarek there. I like the three Sydney ones, was just amazing, you know, yeah. because um, I just love the style. Yeah. Um, a uh, Puzzles first one was the first sort of uh, had the Hitachi sort of coming out. Yeah. Um, that's right. I loved that. Yeah. That was that and that was that just blew up. That was so that was so fun. Um I remember the
1: pubes one quite vividly too. Like that was a that, oh, that was a big it one. It was
0: crazy. And that was a whole new sort of style that I hadn't yeah. really knew that much about, but he was like he was already really resolved in that and I was just you know just more oh man they just they I just loved them you know I loved them all yeah dude um, yeah and I, and, I, and people were genuinely stoked to be making them um, and, and and we were just we were just hyped to be part of it and to be you know, well, getting not, it, getting on with it, yeah. And
1: not so much a part of it; you were creating it in a way. Because I mean, you st- you got the, you um, did the skate videos. You know, you put together that skate team that you were sponsoring and all that kind of shit.
0: Like, yeah,
1: you know. And then you went up being bootlegged, didn't you?
0: Oh yeah, that was that was probably what what sort of killed us. You know, the yeah. one when we got bootlegged. Um, we we get bootlegged. Um, Far out. I sort of promised I would never tell this story, but I'll tell you real quick. Please make an exception for Beers Beats and the Beers Brother. <laughs> look, honestly, we get bootlegged, we go to the lawyers, um, and the lawyer says, Here's um here's you know, we'll go in there, we'll send some letters, you mm. know. So they go down to big Market, they just write some letters out. Yeah. And you know, like, what are you going to do with a letter? Nothing. You throw it in, (laughs) and you keep selling the bootlegs. You know. And I was like, man, this is this is crazy. Um, And and we were just losing, we're really losing money. I felt. Um, And then um, and then one of our one of our denim manufacturers, I was like, dude, you got any ins at this um, at this uh, Vic market? Mm. You know, we're getting bootlegged like so heavily. And he's just like, okay, show me the designs and give me a couple hundred bucks. No <laughs> shit. I was, just like, I was like, what? And he's like, just give me a couple hundred bucks and it'll be gone in a week. And I was like, oh, bro, okay. And then I uh, gave, <laughs> gave him this printout. Me and Danny just like look at each other, just like, oh my God. <laughs> um, anyway, lo and behold, I was just like, just don't hurt nobody. Yeah, just yeah. Tell them that you want it gone. And, um, Sounds like life at and, the
1: uh, Victorian fruit markets back in the '60s and '50s, '60s. Yeah, you sit like that pay yeah, someone off to dude. get in there.
0: Like, <laughs> just, and, but you know what? They just, you know, like you pro- I probably just needed. He was just, he just knew the the crew, you know. Yeah, so yeah. he just needed to speak the language that these guys would listen to. Yes. And then within a week, it was gone. You know, no shit. Um, I'm not proud of going outside of the the law, but sometimes it's just like this is just this is just killing us, you know. Yeah, like, do and, and the. the the, the patent lawyers and all that stuff was just layers of shit that was getting us nowhere you know oh, so i believe um, it bro
1: i believe it like and the amount of money you would have been spending just getting those letters typed up and handed out like I, you yeah, know yeah.
0: i called the i called the lawyer i was like are you kidding like what does this mean they're like oh well you know every time we pick up the phone it's yeah. it's a hundred dollars for yeah. five minutes and i'm like <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah, i had never witnessed anything like that so yeah. another lesson you know yeah another lesson um along the way so yeah um after the bootlegging we kind of i feel like we kind of lost our way a little bit yeah um it was a, just a massive sort of hit to us um was it a, was, and yeah we was, was blank like another huge undertaking for you
1: like did that wind up sort of consuming it sounds like it consumed a lot of your time like when you're pursuing different avenues at that point it sounds like blank is taking up a lot of time like you know chasing bootleggers chasing all that shit down like and then having to deal yeah, with the lawyers I mean,
0: you know yeah i mean having um you know, whenever, Running a wholesale business is really hard because you're, you're uh, chasing, you know, people to pay you all the time, um, mm. which gets just, it sort of knocks the fun out of it. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, so by, um, you know, by early 2000s or, you know, 2002, 2003, we start to, we just start to lose the fun for it, I reckon. Yeah, that's um, it. And, and we've always been, you know, we've always tried to sort of go where the energy sort of is pulling is pulling well i have always tried to go with energy sort of pulling me yeah um so yeah we start to lose the fun and danny wants to explore um um more tattooing yes. and get into that Yep. and and that's just and you know he's he's just such an amazing tattooist um now um but yeah we just we we just sort of decided it wasn't like um We'd, I don't know. We didn't decide on one particular day. We just decided that we're just going to have a break for a while. Mm.
1: Um, and it turns into an yeah, extended it, hiatus.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to make more T-shirts. We have made more T-shirts. We did one last year. Um, yeah, it was 20 years of blank last
1: it. year, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, and yeah, we're just looking to um, – oh. Blank started in 1995. Oh, 95. So. Oh, fuck, okay. I thought it was
1: <laughs> 20 years in, or in 2018 or yeah. something. Yeah, no shit,
0: 95, Nin- wow. Uh, 95. Fuck, so, uh, dude. But yeah, me and Danny still in um still in good contact. Yeah. Um, my brother also worked with us. He went on to be um a tattooist as well. Um, and yeah, we were just a tight crew. We, you know, he he taught me um one thing that I hadn't had off my previous mentors, which Danny really taught me was just to how to show up every day and do the work. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So
0: he was had he'd been a roof tiler. Um. And we started blank when he'd hurt his knee skateboarding. Mm. So he had nothing to do for a few months and, um, because he was, um, uh, his knee was, um, yeah. So he's like, let's do this. So, and he, he showed me how to show up every day and do the work. So he really taught me that, um, that, uh, working, um, you know, show up, you want to get better, show up, do the work. So yeah, he showed me that. And, um, yeah, it was a, it was a huge lesson for me, um, Yeah.
1: And, and big shout to Danny Young because it's kind of bugged. Like, um, he, I think earlier this week, I got a message on Instagram just about the podcast and it's from Danny, you know, and he's like, I started, um, you know, I won't like, I won't ever betray confidences. Like if people message me, I just sort of, you know, I talk to them and that's it. But he just messaged me saying, you know, word up on the show and just saying, you know, like I used to paint with Prowler and I was doing blank and shit back in the day. And I, um, I had no real knowledge of Danny beyond that and, oh, you know, like sort of beyond the blank stuff or whatever but like he was a member of eddie current suppression ring he's in the hardcore scene and all that kind of thing and like you said he's a phenomenal yeah. tattooist man like an amazing yeah. tattooist where he's gone since you know like he's just took the two separate paths and that was kind of the end of blank
0: was it yeah i mean this is well this is the greatest thing about about blank is that i i was deep into hip-hop he was deep into the hardcore scene, who, who, and he, he really appreciated hip hop. Like, um, we vibed on quite a few records together. Um, but he had his influences, I had mine. Um, and we came from totally different backgrounds, mm-hmm. but we just, you know, in 10 years, we never had one fight. Yeah. Like, we never thought about shit. We just had a good, um, we were just patient with each other. Um, and yeah, he, yeah, he was just an amazing person to have in my life. Um, yeah just really thankful yeah. um he was you know he must be um five years older than me or maybe four um and yeah he just went about his business and it is you know just kept staying out there move, moved moved in those creative yeah, just, circles
1: and kept it moving kind of thing
0: yeah. yeah just just kept going and and he introduced me to a bunch of um his friends and i did the same with him and yeah, we were just—it was just—it was just unreal. And um, we lived together for a while when we were running the business because we had, you know, we just did it all from our uh, bedroom. Oh, uh, from his from his um, lounge room actually. And um, yeah, his younger brother Mikey. Um, him and Mikey went on to start Eddie Current Suppression Ring, and yeah, yeah. you know what? A, what an amazing band. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, the, and then and then yeah. By the end, we just decided that it was. Um, you know, we just. You know, I was I was. I'd already started shooting um, for my books for my oh, book dude, um, dude. and then um, I guess we just started to grow a little bit apart um, Yeah. But, but not but not in a bad way like um, yeah, we just we're just both moving moving along and that's it. doing our
1: thing. That's it. You just sort of keep it moving. But dude, that leads yeah. us that leads us straight into behind the beat, man. Because what like what an amazing achievement and what people need to know. And we'll post these or you know, with your approval, we'll post these images on Instagram and stuff. I mean, fuck. Oh, Honestly dude, go for it. your your photo of Dilla, dude. I mean, you Raph, um, for those listening, you know, we'll get into Behind the Beat and then uh, the follow-up to it, which just dropped in recent years, Back to the Lab. But Behind the Beat, man, like what – once again, a monumental undertaking, a phenomenal achievement, man. Like that book, I keep – that book is in my collection. It's amazing. I still have the CD with it, like everything. Like uh,
2: cool. for those listening,
1: Behind the Beat, Raph went and visited a bunch of studios around the world and just caught like dudes in the studio. He has DJ Premiere in the first one. He's got dudes from the UK, like – like uh, Jest and Farmer uh, G, he's got Sirrek. Um, he's got BVA Studio in there. If you ever want to see uh, early photos of BVA Studio around the time that you know when I first saw it, and when all of us sort of first saw it, um, I tend to waffle. Sorry, bro. But you know, like just pre. Oh, dude, like dude. The, dude. Mad Lib, but Dilla man, like you know, like fucking, you took those photos of Dilla, dude. Like, bro, those photos have been mass produced. I've that like, I see that photo fucking everywhere. Dilla at the MPC, man. Like, can you speak on just speak on just going into behind the beat, like leaving blank and sort of going in and you know making that your your next sort of focus. Another amazing yeah. creative outlet, dude. Like a book, photography. Uh, thank, you.
0: thank you, man. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, basically, um, I needed to. I wanted to start. Tra- Traveling, you know, like mm-hmm. by this stage, I'd, um, I had, you know, I'd fallen in. Like, I started blank when I was eighteen, mm. so, um, and that was really consuming. So, by early two thousands, I was like, oh man, I, I gotta get out and do a bit more travel, you yes. know. Yeah. So, um, but early, early on, I'd been obsessed by um, home studios. Yep. So I um, – and this was getting around with with Ransom basically and just seeing studios and seeing where people set up their gear. Yeah. Um, even early Frenzy Studio, you know, yes. like I remember I'm pretty sure you had the Mirage sampler and a turntable and I was like, man, this is sick. Mm. This is it's like – I, you know, like people don't have studio gear in their bedrooms in 19 19- – bloody 92 yep. you know yeah, no, but, exactly. but, but a handful but, but but five people in melbourne did that's right oh more you know 10 people in melbourne did and i got to go there like far out it's crazy yeah, bro. and um and it just it's sort of just like i was like shit you know like that's so cool that your craft is this is this um thing that you're so passionate about that you're willing to set it up in your bedroom or your lounge room or wherever it could fit mm. um and I was just really, I just really loved people. Um, I just loved people going going in on their craft. Yeah. Um, so that so the studios was was sort of set up, and I just um, decided to start photographing them. Um, I bought a um, I bought a Hasselblad camera um, off the Trading Post. Um, <laughs> And yeah, but the trading post was sick. Mm. Fuck, I used to scale that thing every week looking <laughs> for stuff. And yeah, um but. and so yeah. Um so you yeah, got the um bought a camera and just um just sort of taught myself how to take some pictures. Um and and what just was fucking, really and dude what pictures really, uh, you took bro yeah.
1: like fuck some of those pictures in that book <laughs> are just amazing and and i speak on it because i'm the same dude like you know like you talk about like those handful of people in melbourne you know like probably not even a dozen people in melbourne that had studio setups at that point in time like to me man like having been in studios a lot of my life and all that sort of thing just bedroom studios I love like I, I'm like I find that book. You know, we'll use the word again, intoxicating. Like just looking at that, I can. No, I'm it's... a dude that can go on YouTube and watch fucking Alchemist in the studio with Mob Deep from 1999. I can watch hours yeah, of that shit. Yeah, you know? me too. I love that shit, man.
0: Um, yeah, it's just like um, it's it is. It's really intoxicating um, when you're around that, and you know, like I say it again, to be. To be one of a handful of people that got to witness these early studios, yes. I was like, "Shit, that's just crazy." Yeah. Anyway, um, I started um, started sort of doing a little bit of travel. By this time, um, we, we this was sort of the end of blank, but we were already selling. We'd been selling in the UK, the US, and Japan. Yep. So I got, it was sort of like I was I was out there and I was um, meeting up with um, you know doing a little bit of sales, but also um, this sort of side project that I wanted to start, which was photographing um producers home studios yeah yeah uh, unbelievable
1: and dude unbelievable. and i'd
0: met a bunch of i'd met a bunch of people sort of coming through melbourne and just you know just whenever i went out i would just hook up um you know, um, well, when, met DJ shadow. Yeah, and then he's exactly, like, Oh, yeah. you know, when I went to, when I went to San Fran, he's like, Oh, just, just stay at my house. Fuck. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, um, do the shoot. And I was like, Oh shit, this is just fucking bizarre, you know? Yeah, like, bro. but didn't trip, just kept, just kept shooting. Um, and then, uh, you know, had a, had a mast like, uh, maybe 20, 25 sort of studios. Um, and then I'd become friends with, um, with Jeff Jank from, um, who is the art director of Stroke. Okay. Word. And I'd been out there, um, kind of trying to, um, hook up with Mad Lib and that shoot had fallen through probably three times. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't going to happen. And then out of the blue, I, I, I get an email And it was, um, and this was was like, yeah, this was when people actually replied to emails and were, (laughs) you know, they were were super on them. So you send an email to someone, they were like, oh, cool, email's new, you know, like I'm using it, you know. And I wasn't getting, people weren't getting a lot of emails at this time. So every email was like really thoughtful and it was like sending a letter almost. Yeah,
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, Now they're just like, I just fucking, yeah, yeah, what's up? (laughs) Like one line. (laughs) <laughs> but now but back then people really used the the, the format um, and it was great. Um, and then out of the blue I get this email and it was Jeff and he's like, Hey, I just um I uh just saw Madlyby he said he'd do your book if you came out and um and and then I um and then I mentioned it to Diller and Diller said, Yeah, sure, come over.
2: Fuck.
0: And so this is the email and I, I, I seriously got this email like on a Sunday. And by, um, by Tuesday I was on a flight out of here. I was like, fuck, I was, I've got to go. Like, so I just wasn't, it was, they almost said it like, Hey, just, just drop in, you know? But I was like, fuck man, I'm like, um, 16 hour flight, you (laughs) You know, like (laughs) it's far, so, um, I probably got in on like, um, I think you leave on a Tuesday morning, get there and um, probably went straight to uh, Madlib's house. Like I was just like, what? This is crazy. Dude, that must have been um, so
1: bugged out, man. Like what? And did one producer one producer kind of just lead to the next? So you finally got that in with Madlib and that le- led to Dilla. Like you wound up in so many different studios. I can't even imagine the the logistics involved in coordinating that trip. Like it must have been fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, they were just like um, I think that was the last. They were the last two sort of shoots. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and getting to Dilla's house um, and meeting him and shooting those um, those pictures. Um, just just an incredibly humbling experience, really, to to see the master in you know. And he was just making beats the whole time. Is that what he did? Um, just sit
1: down and just tap, and you just yeah. Took I, shots?
0: I feel like I feel like. Um, a pers- I really feel like he, he knew his time was limited yeah. um, and he was just like, I'm just going to squeeze every single bit of creativity out of me mm. and put down as many beats as I possibly can. Um, and that was like uh, the day that I went, there was, was a family day for him. So his mum was there and his two daughters were there. They were in town. Wow. Um, so for him to give me that time, I was probably there for about two hours. Wow. Um, him to give me that time. I was just like, Oh wow, that's just, that's just really incredible. Was he sick at um, that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. he, he, he was having a good, good period. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, but oh, you know, there's man. just, there's there was times, you know, I remember, I remember calling Marley Marl on the phone, and um, someone gave me his number, then Chrissy, Chrissy, Chrissy got me his number, and he just like, he was just like hung up on me, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, like he's like, I ain't, I ain't doing that, man, he <laughs> gave me the number, and just beep, 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 beep. I was like, no, there's a little bit of that, but not too much, you yeah. know. Dude, I remember hearing. Um, I remember
1: hearing the story about Big Daddy Kane writing for Biz Marquee before Kane was uh, actually signed with the Juice Crew. And I imagine, yeah. like, the difficulty Kane had getting in with Marley Marl as Biz ghostwriter ghost writer, I imagine you, as yeah. a photographer, would have had no chance with Marley Marl. Like, yeah, yeah like, was, I just remember hearing just a story like, about I it. Think, I don't think
0: so, man. <laughs> yeah, it was just. A, but there wasn't that much. There wasn't that much of that. Um, you know, even um, even photographing um, premiere. That was just a. It was just an amazing day, you know. Yeah, just, how was that dude? It was just all about you can't force these things. You just, it's just my whole thing has just been kind of making the most of the opportunity that turns up on the day and yeah. seeing where you take it. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of how I've tried to live my life. And
1: yeah, absolutely. Just um, yeah, just harnessing, harness like you know, just grabbing opportunity and running with it, harnessing it. But
0: yeah, like, just just making sure that you know, like I'm true to. Um, true to the person that I'm photographing and true to myself. Um, oh, you very much
1: are, dude. And you caught these dudes like – I mean, I won't say they're candid shots because they're obviously – like they're they are more than aware you're there, clearly. But like the shots you got, I mean, that those Madlib photos, dude, have been used and used again. But uh, th- like linking up with Primo, man, was that the tail end of D&D? That was headquarters, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that was headquarters. So he'd yeah. – um, you know, I guess he got an opportunity to buy – D and D, and yeah, that was like I remember just sort of getting in there, and he hadn't arrived yet, but his, he probably had a ten man entourage. Yeah. Uh, I can't even remember who was there, but they were sitting in the lounge room, and like I, I walk in and they're like, oh, hello, and I was like, oh, hey, I'm here to shoot the photo. They're like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I was just like on the outside, and they were all just in there, and I was like, oh, this is so strange. Yeah. And then he, and then um, sort of set up my camera. And um, Primo comes in, and I reckon he was carrying like ten shopping bags of food, Fuck. like, like, like he had all these shopping bags, and he was just holding them, and he just sort of gave them to the crew, and they just started like um, cooking themselves meal, or whatever. Oh, I felt so awkward. <laughs> and then Primo just came in. And he's like, "Oh, let's just do whatever you want. Like, just tell me what to do. Just sit here." I was like, "Just you know, turn on a beat or just just hang out." And we just hung out for maybe half an hour, did the shots. Yeah. And, um, said what's up and then was out. Kept yeah, it was, it was just cool. Just yeah, just yeah, he was just pro, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, his crew were like these hungry wolves, man. Like was just he was just like feeding him. Yeah
2: yeah, 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 <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. It was just cool. Feeding he was like really providing for his I felt like he was providing for his crew, you know. Yeah. And, um but yeah, it wasn't um Cause a bit icy, the situation. I remember.
1: Oh, dude! I <laughs> uh, imagine, yeah, cool. man. You're probably walking in and like Fat Gary and them. You know, like uh, just the names I've heard. Yeah. of. that's what I just imagine. You know, like.
0: <laughs> Fat, Fat Gary was actually the person who hooked it up. Oh, what? Um, but he wasn't. He wasn't there on the day. I, I don't even know who was there. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just you know got the shots and in and and, and then basically came back to Australia. Um, uh, my friend Rex um, put together the book. Um, so he, I scanned it pretty much all myself. Um, and then he put it together and then I just, what I did was I just printed out these pages and I just, um, I put it in a, um, I put it in an envelope. I sent it to the publisher that I wanted to do it. And in San Francisco, they were called Ginkgo Press and then Ginkgo just called me and just said, "Hey, um, we'll print this book," and I was like, "Sweet, let's go." Fuck. Um, and then um, yeah, I think the book, uh, I think it's just out of print now. We did six, um, six um, printings, and I think it's done over thirty thousand copies. Wow, for real? It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Fuck,
1: I thought you were about to say it's done like six thousand copies. Fuck, you did thirty thousand copies. Yeah, That's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, we did. Um, the runs were about five or six thousand a um a run. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they just they just you know it just it just really it was just another moment in time. It just linked up, and people just loved it when it came out. And I was just you know was just just humbled again, you know. And oh, I was just dude. really just just loved to being able to um kind of have this I guess this timepiece. Yeah. So once once that once that came out, then I started um shooting for the second one.
1: Um, so you started shooting kept, the second one pretty much like kind of straight afterwards.
0: Yeah, I just yep. I, I was I just um, just was into it, so I kept shooting till about two, th- and then but the the shoots got a bit more sporadic, mm. um, and it took me it took me longer than I'd hoped. But you know everything comes out when it's supposed to. Yeah. So. Just shot it. Um but yeah, like what you were saying with the Alchemist, like I remember that shoot and he was just making beats as well. And he was just I was just like, Man, this is just fucking sick. Oh, dude. <laughs> you must have to like fucking
1: pinch yourself in those situations standing in those studios. Yeah, like you, you know. Just,
0: you're just oh. like, Oh man. And and everyone's just they're just down to earth dudes, yes. you know. They're just they're just they're just regular dudes. Um, and this is the great thing about the producers, you know, the egos are generally a bit different. Yeah, you know, yeah, not true. they're just like they're just going they just going to make beats every day, like that's rad, you know. Yes. Um, and yeah, just just loved it, and yeah, managed to get um, uh, back to the lab. Out um, Rex hooked it up for me again, and because when did that drop? Yeah, that just, just
1: dropped recently, didn't it? In the last couple
0: of years. Uh, 2017.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. I'd missed that one, unfortunately. I didn't get back to the lab, but yeah. Uh, man, I'll, I'll
0: send one up for you.
1: Oh, <laughs> fucking please, dude! I'll PayPal you. Wait, yeah. wait for payday. Uh, <laughs> Payday's Wednesday.
0: <laughs> yeah. No worries. Um. Yeah. Just uh. Just. Yeah, and just have to have these. And studios are really different now. Um, they've changed a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard that the that that last uh, Madlib album that he made it all on an iPad. Yeah, dude. I <laughs> heard the same crazy. thing. The
1: ba- bandana. Yeah. I heard the same thing.
0: Yeah, bandana. And I was like, oh man, that's just hilarious. Yeah. You know. But um, it's that's I've always believed that it's 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 been about the idea. More so than the equipment, you know. Mm, um, mm. If, you've a, if you've got a mad idea, um, then you know we'll, we'll f- you, you, audio quality will be forgiven if the if the if the beat is slamming, you know. yeah, hundred oh, percent, hundred percent. So yeah, um, so, yeah I just was like, um, you know, like I, I, I love that there's these two books that are kind of like a timepiece on a on a, and a generation of producers um, from a certain era, and hopefully people can look back at these in years to come and go, Oh wow, that's how these guys were living, you know? Oh dude,
1: Um, like they're, they're amazing. Like, you know, I, I I picked up behind the beat just going into this interview just for a flick through again. And, Man, like I said it stays in my collection. It comes out every so often. Like every so often I've got people over for drinks. I'm like, "Oh, dude, you got to check this." Like, you know, there's people that still aren't aware of that book, you know, and I'll just pull it out and just give it to them just to have a flick through and stuff. Like, but there's so, dude, it's a phenomenal contribution to have made to culture as a whole, not just hip hop culture in Australia. Like, that's hip hop culture globally, you know, encapsulated in these fucking in the photographs in these books, dude. Like, do you like is uh, Thanks, man. Oh, bro, no. 100% bro i cannot overstate it and people should really you know sort of hunt them down at least have a look at the flicks you know like that those dealer photos do do you i mean do you is there any residuals in because i see that dealer photo everywhere man like that photo you took of him at the mp is you know i've seen it multiple times like
0: yeah um so Stone throw do a poster um and that's the best way. I, I always wanted to do. I, I always want people to be able to access this stuff, you yeah. know. So yeah. uh, they did a poster that's that's I think relatively cheap to get. If probably if you're in the states, it's quite cheap. Yeah. Um. And that I couldn't even tell you how many of those are printed thousands. Yeah. Um. And then there's um there's been a couple of um, there's there's one of the images which is in the Smithsonian Museum. Wow. Uh, Fuck. With, with yeah with dillers mpc um oh, man in the black in the black history museum yeah um and you know when, when, when that happened i was just like holy shit man that's yeah. that was uh, i you know if i if i never do anything more man i'll be happy <laughs> yeah. you know like um that was amazing you know Dude. so yeah him at the mpc um and then there's a few there's been a few netflix series um that's starting to pop up um uh there's a beat maker one coming um they license an image for the wall um of the kids bedroom you know so so there's a few things like that that every now and again i'll just get a random request from someone that want to do something with an image um um, you know there's a few there's there's a few books coming out um from university presses that just want to reference the image um so yeah just you know um we always just do deals where the um, the estate gets to get um, percentage of the um, of the earnings. So, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. There's um there's a guy called Egon, um, yeah. who's Mad Lives Manager. Yep. Um, he was he was instrumental in teeing up that shoot. So everything that everything that we do I just run by the run by him. Yep. Um, yep. And, yeah, he just gives me the sort of yay or nay or, you know, why don't you try this? So, uh, again, you know, very fortunate to have people like that in my mix. Um, oh, 100%, yeah. dude. And,
1: um, it's, it's it, you know, it, it's a um, it's a phenomenal achievement just being a published author. Like, you know, I mean, that's, you know, just oh, for the yeah. resume, dude. Like, you know, if nothing else.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I love books, you know. Yeah, like, me too. Um, me too. Huge. Always always getting books, reading, yeah um, and just, yeah, just they're, just they're just cool, you know. They have a different um, – they take on a diff- – they, they've got their own life, you know. Yeah, I think um, one of the saddest and the, and the things – The internet's amazing, but, yeah, books is books is what's 100%, up. hundred
1: percent, dude. And I think one of the saddest things about the world we currently live in is the lack of bookstores. Like, you know, I used to be able to spend yeah. afternoons in a bookstore, man. Like, I might not fucking – like, I might just cop something on the cheap, like, you know, just cop some fucking, like, little $5 novel or, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. But, dude, like, it's just sad to see how few bookstores are out there nowadays you know i mean there's still the mm. indies that are kind of out there surviving but i'm the same dude i'm a devotee of books man i love books
0: yeah yeah i love books i love zines i mean and yeah. you know like if i just just flick back to the the early 90s you know vapors magazine yeah. hype magazine yeah. uh, just crazy huh like yeah, and that's man. what i mean like people were making it like i remember seeing lazy in in um in Vapors, i'm pretty sure it was and just think of fuck and it was there's a photo of him and a dude called bivouac i think yeah bivouac yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yeah I, I had no idea you know yeah. but the but just that seeing that image lazy had dreads i'm pretty sure yes yeah yeah and yeah. and i was just like and and then yeah I, I was like oh man you know like people are doing it you know fuck this is crazy you know like this really intense nucleus and that's what that's what went that's what these publications um kind of uh, sparked off in me, you know, like uh, just crazy,
1: crazy stuff. Exactly, dude. I'd tell the same story, man. Like the first time I ever saw Lays was in a hype mag with with like Rapid Fire or something like that, and I'm pretty sure he's holding a bong. And then like, you know, as a teenager dubbing Fat Tape here in Brisbane, you'd just hear the name. I'd never heard the music. I wasn't aware. But, you know, you'd see these people and they were just – they were they were conduits to whatever else was going on out there, regardless of you knowing them or you knowing what they were doing or actually achieving. Like they were the internet mm. before the internet. These magazines, you know, and I'm the same. Like I yeah, was buying those yeah, magazines. So it was the same shit. Loved
0: yeah, it. The, the, the mags, the mags, and the and the radio were really pivotal yeah. in bringing the bringing the whole thing and. Um, yeah it's just it's unreal yeah unreal
1: unbelievable dude no nah, well i mean fucking like once again man thank you so much for your you know those those contributions dude. because i i don't know i i doubt they're overlooked like you know if we go into your sort of career in your history they can't be overlooked because it's it's a phenomenal contribution to have made man just those books alone but i mean let's let's get back into the music dude and let's go into minamonic ascent now because like i was saying earlier i think Minimonica Sent are one of the sort of unheralded groups in australia in terms of what they did what they achieved your longevity crookneck records um all that kind of thing man um fuck where should we go i mean crookneck records where does crookneck begin
0: oh crookneck begins i guess we just um crookneck was me ransom and bba um so bba was going to handle most of the production um ransom was going to do all the mixing and i was going to try my best to sort of do the i guess the business side of side of things yes um and, uh, it just came out because we wanted to release our record, you yeah, know, yeah. just like most other sort of, I guess, labels started cause we wanted to release and we just wanted to have, you know, put it on our own label. Mm. Um, so we made the first mnemonic album, um, and we'd just been in our own bubble, like seriously doing our thing. And it came out and people were like, oh, cool. This is different. And, um, yeah, we, we, we enjoyed it. Um, Went on to make another album. Um, oh. I think the best, I think the, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was just about to say, are we talking about like Honour to Be, the EP, the first 12 that dropped?
0: Yeah, oh, there's there's another one before that actually. Is there? Um yeah. Yeah, um, but that's not on Crookneck. That was on Blank Records. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, really? Like, oh, yeah, so that one, that was, that came out. Um, and then there's the, and then there's an album, and then there's another 12 Honor to Be. I'm pretty sure. I can't quite remember the timeline. What well, did Honor to Be
1: come um, out Honor to Be came out before the Outside In, though, didn't it?
0: Um oh man, you could be right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, like Oh,
1: like, yeah. uh, I, I do like so I, I can just say my initial introduction to Mnemonic Ascent was Honor to Be. Like it was that 12. Yeah. I had the hoodie. I had, oh actually no maybe oh, I had a t-shirt wow. I remember the I remember the hoodie and the tees being around but I had one or the other I can't recall which one probably maybe a tee actually but um like dude that fucking twelve bro like be, I mean yeah beyond, that
0: was that was so much that was so much fun oh man I saw um, you
1: launch it in Brisbane at the zoo I think supporting Bony oh, and Stoney. Yeah. the Boney and Stony launch oh, and then, that was you know. that
0: was that was so much fun that gig oh dude um, it was incredible. Yeah, that was that was really fun. And you guys um, on
1: stage, I just want to say, just for the listeners, like sent on stage brought such fucking energy, man. Like that's the only yeah, way I can I, stay. I, think,
0: I reckon I was, I, 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 was always like, I thought I was shouting too much, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was, <laughs> was the era. Bring it! But like, I was just, I was end up bloody. I remember the CD. I remember our instrumental didn't work that night. Um, something we had to go a cappella. Was I don't know. It was just yeah, crazy. I, yeah, I vaguely that's, recall that's something. That's just what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. But yeah, I loved it. You know, um, um, yeah, the you know the the energy between me, B, me, BBA, um, and Lazy on that twelve was just unreal. Oh, um, dude, it, I, I it,
1: would, um, I would, I don't mean to interrupt, but I would implore everyone listening to just head to YouTube. If you can't hunt, a copy down, head to YouTube. Minamonic ascent honor to be like honestly when I first heard that song my mind was fucking blown and then seeing it live uh, seeing these guys perform it live like was just you know you guys bounced off the wall I don't know how Ransom's deck stayed you know how Ransom stayed yeah. so on point because <laughs> you guys were so off the wall but fucking man just I don't know just just that point in time and once again it was kind of like that Boney and Stoney style of thing where Boney and Stony broke down borders between Brisbane Brisbane and uh, Melbourne Minimonic Ascent were breaking down borders between Melbourne and Adelaide and and then Brisbane, in a way, because you did collaborate with Lay's quite heavily, like three or four songs yeah. you know, over the course yeah, of Yeah, I think um,
0: it, was, it was just cool, you know. Um, yeah, we just, I don't know, it was just, just good energy between me and BVA. Um, Ransom would would come in, make some beats, do the mixing. Um, live shows are always fun. And we probably started to take it a little bit serious. Once we started taking it too serious is when the fun drops out, yeah, you know. Generally, yeah, generally, um, yeah, so uh, for me um, and Crookneck as a as a label, I guess it was the best. Um, you know, we got to release um, Celsius' exactly. record, exactly the second record. Yes, um, kicking into to hell back. That's right. I, I love that record. Yep, hundred um, percent. And then and then um, probably the greatest thing was uh, as far as the label is concerned. So with with the with the um, you know, there's there's two ways a label can work. It can either just like receive something, you know, um, from from an artist. So Celsius just gave us a finished product, you yep, know, yep. and then you can you can release it. Um, but I really liked, and and that was unreal. Um, but I really liked the project that we did with Lazy Grey, um, and in Queensland, band in Queensland. Because, like,
1: for those listening, for those that don't know, like. Man, like like Raf is one of the minds behind Band in Queensland. Obviously, Lazy's the one that wrote it. BVA did a lot of the production. That Band in Queensland features like before we started this interview, dude. I played uh, Pound Over Beats about three times in a row before we started this interview. Like <laughs> one, of the, I I think the sleeper, the sleeper on Band in Queensland, because it's only on the CD. If you get the wax, it's it's omitted from the wax yeah. uh, for whatever yeah. reason. That uh, in my opinion, like I don't know, fucking, it should have been on the wax but regardless it's on the cd pandover over beats man like dude uh, what thanks, a fuck thanks, man. bro what a song
0: man like seriously it's well same. i guess um you know this you know the 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 reason why the project um why i love it so much is we were just like hey we should do you know it was basically this simple we should do an album with lazy gray you know like we all get along and um, so I just remember calling him and saying, "Hey, you know, do you want to just go to BVA's house for a couple of weeks and make an album?" Yes. You know, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, let's let's go." <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, they'd been so he down, just they'd, went down there.
1: They'd been down prior to record Stone Broke. Yeah. With uh, with BVA, it was.
0: Yeah, it was that. It was that house. Yes. It was just. It was just that house at that time, and BVA's mindset and his and and his drive to create yeah. you know it was it was just incredible and I'm, I'm sure that all the mcs and i'm sure lazy would have tested this as well it was just an amazing time uh he made you feel incredibly comfortable um the house was big enough so you weren't you know like um uh so you could you know you had your own room yeah. um and you know people were there they were, they were cooking stuff they were making stuff and but most importantly they were making amazing music oh,
2: um
0: yeah so you know we just uh, I don't know how long it took. Probably took a few weeks. But yeah, BVA, BVA, and Lace just got together, and you know, I just dropped over there maybe once or twice while it was happening. Yep. And it was just, just an incredible thing. And then to have to bring um, DCE on the in you know, on the artwork correct, and yeah. photos and just you know, that's what I mean. It takes a whole you know, it takes a whole village, you know. And then yep. all of a sudden, you got this great thing. And um, but having yeah, just,
1: but, but having the initial foresight to do that. Raph, like, quite seriously, man. Like, it, it's, you know, it's something you knew that Lazy was capable of, you, you know, uh, creating a masterpiece, you know? And you essentially, yeah, was just, I,
0: I just, you did I just it, felt you felt like helped it was, him. I just felt like it was his time, you know? Yeah. I'd been following him since... Um, you know, like uh, on and off tap was just so great, you know, like, yeah. Um, and i just been, I just, I just, I still just think he's got one of the greatest flows um, that's ever, that's ever. It was just, it was not forced. It was just, it was just an amazing time. Um, and I just, I just loved what he was doing. I loved yeah. his craft. I loved, you know, um, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I just thought he was all about it. Um, and, you know, for those who do know Lays or who don't know, is the uh, biggest gentleman you'll yeah. ever meet. Like, 100 percent. He's just straight up gentleman. But yeah. I would like call the house. I'd speak to his mum, Nancy, and, uh, <laughs> and I was, like, that's how you'd organise you know, things.
1: That's how things got yeah, organised. You yeah. talk to that's his mum.
0: That's how you got. That's how you got it done. Nancy, <laughs> yeah. what's up? Coming around? Exactly. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and and you'd have you'd have a you'd have a chat, and um, yeah. you, you know, uh, it was just it was just incredible. You know, you just did things. You did things that way because that's how they got done. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, and the record was just, just, just so proud of the record when it came out, and I'm still really proud of it today. It's a huge, and I think that was the biggest, um, that was probably the biggest achievement I, I feel for Crookneck. Yeah, um, and then I guess we just, you know, just, just sort of start to mo- we moved aw- away from doing the records and. And that's cool, you know. Um, well, how long? But was, yeah, how, how
1: long did Crookneck actively put out records for? It was a good nine years oh, or so, wasn't
0: it? Ten years? Oh, Man, I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm gonna say, you know, five or six years, maybe. Oh, I thought it was like um, two. I thought
1: it was kind of like two thousand to 2009 or thereabouts. Like that was oh, sort of.
0: Dude, you could probably be right, man. Like I wouldn't even know. But like you said, I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I haven't been like. Um,
2: Yeah, I
1: don't know. I I, I really don't know. I could could find out, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. But, you know, I mean, I suppose it's just, just it was another, you know, just another step in that sort of path you were taking at that point in time. But, I mean, dude, what, I mean, you know, in Queensland, I mean, mean, Crookneck are responsible for amazing things. Like you said, kicking it to hell and back, your own output, like um, the book is full to me. That is a phenomenal record, man. Like, you know, like... Oh,
0: thank you. Dude, the book's full. Yeah, I mean... I really, I love the books full. Um, J Red's album. Yeah. Yeah. J Red's Streets Ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot. There was like, there was a lot of people involved. Um, and, you know, the 15 odds vinyl, which was um, oh, all the, uh, yes. um, everything that got released on vinyl up until a certain time. Yeah. Um, Ransom and J Red put those into a mix. Not everything, but pretty much. Most things, um, yeah. A lot of those so, yeah, initial
1: was... initial vinyl releases, and uh, when yeah. I had Checkmate on, I um, I I incorrectly said Raph's record, you know, like as, referring to um, fast food giant killing the joint he did with Pegs, Checkers and Pegs. Uh, we had him yeah. on, we had him on two or three episodes ago, and you know, it was actually Ransom that did a lot of the mixing on that, wasn't it? The Crookneck put it out. Um, is that correct? I
0: don't know, man. Can't remember. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Yeah. It was just crazy. So many people involved, doing so much um stuff, and it's just I don't know. It gets all a bit blurry, you know, like oh, yeah, how things are dropping and what you're working on, because all these things are always just side hustles, you know.
1: Yes. And yeah. that's
0: my my life's been just made up by a whole bunch of side hustles, and <laughs> things have popped off, <laughs> things haven't, and then um. Uh, you know, by um by two thousand and nine, um you know, that's when I that's when I started to grill hamburgers for a living. Yeah, yeah. Um. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah. everything sort of did, oh, everything was, moved no, into man.
1: the food trucks and all that kind of thing. But dude, with like yeah. with Crookneck, man, I mean you put out F and D's record, Worship the Grit, that was a yeah. dope album. Yeah. But you were also responsible for putting out an MC called Polaco. And a is pol- oh. probably not love. Was-
0: that was unreal. Yeah, bro. Like- that was such that's such a great 12. And and by no means like seriously, anyone if I could just say anyone who was involved in Crookneck and if I haven't said what's up like no disrespect, I just I just there's just you know, it was just crazy. Like, even that you mentioned Polaco, like, that was just unreal how that oh. happened.
1: Man, Polaco had a huge impact in Brisbane. And I've got to say, it's sort of via you guys because Len, I remember Len and Lays coming around with the Polaco 12 high and low, Commonwealth Bank. Um, and then, excuse me, obviously the CD that followed that as well. And everyone was wearing the T, the I, you know, the with the marijuana leaf and shit on it. The, the, like, yeah, yeah. Dude, like, and Polaco was just so dope, man. Like, so dope. And for you guys to just put him out, like, put that 12 out to me that's i don't know it's just incredible man but also beyond beyond palaco you guys were early with you know like uh, with Band in queensland in particular you dropped the gave him an inch 12 so like you got a full sort of album deal in a way with crookneck like so crookneck kind of put that that whole sort of work behind an album so you gave him the 12 then you gave him the lp like you know like how the how the us artists were releasing albums at the time and the uk artists like you did a similar thing like it was it's an amazing dude an amazing achievement to me
0: Yeah, we just thought that that was really important. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. Did you just go into a different room?
0: I just had to switch to uh, fix up my son a little something to eat oh, sorry G
1: no no you're right, brother you're right. you're right. we just fucking just keep this chat rolling but dude can we speak on like Honour to Be like some of those collabs you did with Lay's like Honour to Be in particular and obviously move uh, obviously Pound Over Beats and I, I just I, once again I implore everyone to go back because I do want to talk specifically on Minamonic Ascent as well like the books full and all that because I love Believe In I love like I love so many joints off those records man but like working on Honour to Be man can you just kind of take us back and just go into the studio. Was that done in Adelaide, Honor to Be?
0: Uh Honor to Be was done in um in my house in just outside of Frankston in Mount Martha. Okay. Um we'd built a we'd built a tiny little studio and um uh Lays had come down and beaver had come down for a weekend yep. and that's where we made that that's where we made that um that song. Yeah. Um and yeah it was yeah it was just again just the energies was up, you know? Yeah hundred um, percent I remember. I remember. Delta came through maybe the weekend after, and we did the track with him. Ascend endorsement. Yes, that's a fucking incredible song. There's there's Oh man, there's another fuck phenomenal MC. Dude um, Delta,
1: bro. Like I, I've got to get Deltz on here, man. But I sort of I want to get him in the studio. Like I would love to have you in the studio, but you know, like it is what it is. You know, we can only get we, you know, we got to get to it when we get to it. But yeah, I want I need Delta on this program, man. But yeah, that joint you did with Delts as well, man. Like fuck, you've made some amazing songs, man. Amazing songs.
0: Sorry, I'm just gonna flip the sandwich out to my little G. <laughs> You're right, mate. Do, your Do, your thing. Do here your you think? Do
2: you
0: go, dog? All right, all right. Um, Delta, fuck, he he was just flowing as well, you know, Australian, man, incredible. Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah. what can I say? Like, just, again, just so many talented people, Mm.
1: Um, yeah. And I imagine... (laughs) No, I I was just about to say, imagine when you're making those songs, it's just a blur. Like, you know, I sort of, I sit here and go, dude, can you take us back there? But how can you, man? Like, you know, it just existed at that point in time. And we're, you know, we're blessed to be able to listen to it. You know, like it's fucking, you know, those songs, man, like they, they, they created what exists today in my books, man. Like what exists out here is thanks to those fucking songs.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's just crazy um (laughs) i say this i say this a lot you know i'm so humbled by being able to be part of that um in all the in all the in all the years to have actually been able to hook up with people like lazy how delta yeah ransom all these people that were just like they were just down to make the music um you know there was no outlets there was no there was no um there was no real triple J or anything like that at that time. No. It didn't matter. We didn't need it, you know. We got to we got to fucking come to Brisbane and do a show, yes. you know. That's what's up. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? Some BVA? Someone's gonna fucking fly us up there, you know? <laughs> getting up there, hooking up with the resin dogs yeah. and Dave, and staying out at this house and yep. just being like, man, you know, like, like uh, I, I don't know how to really explain it, except for just just feel really honoured to be. Part of that, and um, and yeah, to being able to put these things down that 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 help. The um, strengthen the the fabric of Australian hip hop and just hip hop in general and just exactly. I don't know just yeah just these cool just be- these cool moments in time dude and,
1: yeah. how, how can you articulate it like that's it how can how can you sort of yeah how can you just go but that's what it is man like that's what it is they are fucking just amazing phenomenal moments in the history and they they created. What exists today, and like so much of what you did, like with fucking crookneck records, man, like as as short or long a run as it had the releases, like man, you've made history. You made phenomenal history, and just putting out those artists, like I said, Palaco, and like b- being responsible for banding Queensland,
0: like you know, I don't know where the yeah, people. Yeah, and I mean, you know, A Love's Twelve was really of course. cool. Of course, um, loved her um yeah Polarco Paz still see him around and that was just you know that was that was it you know like um he's he's a great example he just he just made he made one record you know yeah. and and we got to put it out he probably never really even rapped again after that yeah. you know because he was a DJ at Revolver, but remember,
2: wasn't
1: he wasn't he DJing at Revolver yeah, with yeah, Ransom yeah, or something? yeah
0: he's still 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 DJs but yeah. you know I remember. um I remember Lenny saying to me, Fuck, we love the Polaco record. Yeah, you know, and I was like, Oh, it, word. Huge. Yeah, yeah, he loved it, you know. Yeah. He, and he and you know, he vibed on it. And I was just like, Man, that's that's fucking cool. Yeah. That's and just, he was the one that really
1: cool. he was the one that really sold it all to the rest of us. And then the rest of us, like, I've still got my copy of that twelve. Like it's you know, I had the CD. My CD collection is long gone, like it's just been destroyed over <laughs> the course of share houses and different things like that. Yeah. Like, I lost all those albums yeah. a long time ago. But man, like, yeah, definitely, dude. You just took chances on different i don't even think it's taking a chance you just put out the artists that you you know deemed worthy of putting out like you know like it's yeah
0: we were just and again it was just an extension of our network you know they're yeah. just people that i had relationships with that were doing stuff and we were yeah. like cool we can we can we can do that and um just happened to have two um two guys that were that were into it we had we had similar tastes you know um um BBA and Ransom and yeah, we just we just we just try to do it do the do it do the music justice, you know. That's why we released twelve inches, that's why we did um, you know, double albums. That's why we um, you know, tried to do a good job on the artwork and Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Well, I suppose the next undertaking following Ban in Queensland was the uh, backyard tour, dude. And that's where I initially <laughs> met, obviously initially yeah. met you, came down as Lazy's hype man and stuff. Like I'd been to I like as stated earlier, I remember I sat in, or well, me and Overproof Pete, we sat in on the um recording session for uh Fucking, what's, what's the bloody name of it? The track we can't... Oh, Pain With Blood. Like, so we were there. Me and Oath uh, yeah. had come down for a show and whatever, but we'd come back to Brisbane. I remember Lay's coming back to Brisbane with a uh, pre-master of the... Or actually, maybe it was a master of band in Queensland on a CD and he handed to me and he goes, dude, learn it because you're going to come on the road with me. We're going to do shows. And,
0: you know, Uh, dude.
1: sort of going into that man, like, you know, there's another undertaking, bro. Like you organize. And also just in stating that one of the biggest nights in Brisbane, hip hop history, uh, is the fucking backyard tour at the Rev in Brisbane, you know, and BVA's brother. That was,
0: that was so sick, man. That was the best show. Bro,
1: I've got to ask what happened to the footage? Because BVA's brother, Rider was along on that entire yep. trip. We did three dates. We did Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. Yeah,
0: it's true. Where's the footage?
1: He filmed all that shit. Yeah. He filmed the Brisbane launch. He filmed all that shit. Like, where's that footage, uh, let man? Me, let me let
0: me find out. Oh, dude, you I gotta got, find out, bro. I, I got to <laughs> I got to find out. I remember I remember like at one point you turned to me and said, "Hey, Rap, you run a tight ship, man." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm just broke, you know, like." Yeah, <laughs> like I was like, "We just got, we're just doing what we can, you know, getting around in that little minibus." Um Yeah, the two buses
1: with like Celsius, yeah, Us J Red, All yeah. like, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what a, what a trip, man. Oh, bro. You and just then driving from Sydney there. to
1: Brisbane, like, man, they're just fucking – there was two buses. There was, like, the straight bus and then the fucking drunk bus. Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, awesome. it was, you know, again, um, you know, we got to Brisbane and got to do the show and the Rev – what was it? It was the Rev? What was that? Was that, that – Yeah, the Rev,
1: man. Yeah, yeah, that's where that was. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: Um, and, yeah, it was just, just great time and, man, so good, so good. Yeah. Um, what was yeah, involved again, in organising a uh, tour like
1: that? Was, that? was that sort of solely you or did you have a lot of people interested uh, That would have a- been
0: – no, that would have just been me and A-Love, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just probably just me and her, just put it together. Um,
1: yeah, I actually – I recall being in Melbourne and um, – after we did, I think it was the Corner Hotel, we were there for a couple of days, and yep. I, I have distinct memories of practicing uh, the Band in Queensland set at your place. You were living in Paran. You had like a little courtyard outside, and I remember you had all Richard Pryor yeah, records. Yeah. You had all these Richard Pryor That's records up around the, like the sort of the raft, not the rafters, but like hanging from yep. the walls uh, along the roof and stuff. Like, dude, I just remember just yep. being in that environment, man. I think that was like maybe the second or third time I'd been to Melbourne, and just sort of being in Paran in this sort of dope little unit. It may have been yours or your brother's, I'm not too sure, but they had the Turntable setup and the Richard. Oh, bro- yeah. I
0: think it was my bros. My bro, it was my bros' house. Okay, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. With, yeah, with the yeah. Richard Pryor records around the wall, I just remember we were just practicing yeah, right, practicing right. the band in Queensland yeah. set. Like it's just dope memories to me, man. And I just you know I love hearing mm. the sort of behind the scenes of that. But yeah, I recall because a love actually um, my flights. It was the first time I ever went to Avalon, dude, and we had to drive like two ah, two hours yeah. out of Paran see, to get to Avalon. See, that
0: would have been that would have been us. We would have just been like trying to save every cent yeah. <laughs> to make the yeah. whole thing yeah. happen. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, dudes, good to get to get to Avalon. Yeah, that's Fuck. it, eh? that- I never I've never even been to Avalon man yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember but, dude we got so, out we got out
1: there man and I was just like I was with that Scott Burns dude from Sydney and we are like yeah. where the fuck it was just a tin shed and Jetstar were flying out of it and I think that was like the yeah, early days that, of Jetstar at that time
2: that's
0: that's true, that's true. But you know, I think you just you just you just do whatever you can, huh? Yeah. You just you just get it done, you know? You just it, man. it's like this podcast, you just fucking making it happen, dude. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um it's, it's never been a greater time to to listen to people's stories and I've been really enjoying it, man, you know, oh, bro. like when I heard um I was listening to Frenzy's one the other night and um and you know he mentioned me, and I was like, "Oh fuck, that's crazy!" You know, like I'm tripping. You know, I'm tripping. I, I just trip on all this shit. You know, like I feel like I was one in a million people. You know, that got this chance to be a part of something. And um, and yeah, I I just love giving it. You know, sick. Oh, dude, so well, sick. I do. Well,
1: like I, for, like for me personally, man. I don't think like I just sort of looked. Look, you know, I was getting to a point like where I was kind of you know just slightly sort of maybe slightly disheartened with my own MCN career or whatever and i just at that time like i'm just a fan of rap man like as you are we're just fans of hip-hop and whatever like you know so you just kind of look around and you just go dude we're like fucking three decades deep in this shit like mm. you know at this point you know probably even going you know we're probably moving into our fourth decade in terms of hip-hop yeah. culture in australia and you yeah. know, like dudes like yourselves, man. You probably don't get the credit you deserve for what you did and all you achieved. You know, like, like just listen to what we've spoken about so far, man. Like you put out one of the earliest streetwear labels. You were on the radio. You were there. Like you were fucking <laughs> books, dude. Fucking you. You yeah. had a hand in banning Queensland. That most people probably uh, most people probably it, don't it, even know.
0: It, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it, it's it's cool. But you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just here, just, just trying to bust it out. I, I, I just like, I like what's happening now because, um, you know, if there's one thing I never liked, it was just like, oh, the younger generation don't respect this; they don't know the rules. It's like yeah, but no one, no one, no one took the time to teach him the rules no. or to teach him what you believe in. Yeah. So to be able to reflect on some stories and understand how it all happened, hopefully will will help help bridge any gaps that need to be there or don't need to be there. That's right. Um, but yeah, I never, I never, um, never keen on being like blaming anyone or doing anything like that. I just, I just, I just like the energy rolling, and um, if people people get at it however they however they want to get at it, you know, yeah. um, yeah, absolutely. make music, release it, do it, do a show. As, as, long, as long as you're having a good time, get you know, just keep keep rolling at it.
1: Yeah, just keep just and just stay moving, dude. As you have and as you yeah. continue to do. Yeah. And like you said, man, like you know, like in terms of rules in this, there are no rules. Like you know, it's just there's there's
0: that's, that's right.
1: There's those unspoken rules, but you know, I always think about what Ice Cube said on America's Most Wanted: "Rules are made to be broken up." You know, like so yeah. that's that to me is what it is, man. Like if there is rules, they're about fucking breaking them. Then they're about breaking. Yeah, I, mean, sense. I
0: mean, you know, like, and, and, that, and, you know, that all, all that graffiti that was happening around the 90s was re- in Melbourne was all really New York inspired, which was fucking fantastic, yeah, dude. right? Yep. But then when the Euro style started to come, you know, dudes are freaking. D- like, dudes, oh, that's yeah, dudes, yeah. Yeah, that's whack. And yeah. I'm like, well, actually, you, you, you know, like, maybe to you, it's not what, what, what it represented, but that's moving, you know, yes, like, man. dudes are vibing. And, and that created its own thing. And then the next created – its. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, 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 I just appreciate that people are going to keep coming up with new ways of doing stuff and um, – and you know, like just translating yeah. that
1: creativeness or whatever. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to tell anyone how to do their shit, you know, yeah. like, and, and I don't want anyone telling me how to do my yeah. shit. Either, so. <laughs> well, dude, like so. if, if there are any rules, you are one of the people that wrote the rule book. Like that's, <laughs> that's what it is, bro. Yes, but dude, I you know, just, I think, I think more than, more than ever, you know, this is what I tell my kids. I was just like, just be true to yourself. Mm. You know, if if you wanna if you wanna do it that way, just just, just go for it, you know. Yeah, like
2: yeah.
0: um you got my support. Um j- just just be open, you know, and, yeah. and just be open to new experiences and go in new places. I've seen a lot of people shut down because that because they don't feel like that that's how it should be done. You know, it's like yeah. okay, cool, maybe you wouldn't do it like that way that way, but other people open to it, you know. So yeah, just keep rolling, you
1: know. Yeah, exactly. Well, dude, listen, I, we've had you for close to two hours. I know you're a busy man. You probably you've got a lot oh, to do. I, we so will, much. we will, we'll start wrapping up now. But I do want to ask you about the party starters twelve. That um, that you could, oh uh,
0: fuck, that was sick,
1: dude. It, it's a it's an incredible twelve <laughs> yeah. that I still have in my fucking collection. That I'm honoured to have the the collaboration between you and Coolism. And before, but like before we speak on it, I just want to say I remember seeing Coolism win that aria, the first urban aria award and they actually
0: uh, th- remember, remember daniel son's face dude he like, what like what the fuck I think, he even, I, think he, I think he did he even say i think he even said what the yeah fuck he mounted um, like, i watched yeah, he it live
1: bro i watched yeah, it live on did. the arias like when we could do that when we could sit there and watch it on free to air tv like i remember yeah, watching it and yeah. he just goes what the fuck but they shouted you out like you know they got up there the only crew uh, from memory anyway the only crew that they were like you know what up to minamonic ascent you know but you yeah. just dropped that um, party starters 12 around that time
0: Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that was a, that was a cool time as well. Um, uh, coolism as a group were just, you know, they were just incredible. I I thought Daniel Sun's production was just so great and how, um, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just unreal. And I, I linked up with how, like in the early days as well, when he was just getting started, um, uh, on the homebrews Two compilation, I think he was on and I had a song on that as well. Um, and we, I guess we were sort of like we were a little bit nemesis you know like we were the same age and we were just trying to do our thing and then we linked up and then I mean we we we're so tight you know um nowadays it's, it's, it was just so cool um yeah. hooking up with those guys and making music with them and that coming out and they you know um you know yeah it was really a really great time seemed, I guess the, the, the yeah. No, no. I was just you about know? to say. It's,
1: it, I was just about to say. It seemed like a kind of new sort of supergroup, but it only was a twelve. Like I remember just at the time yeah, being just, like the party starters, Coolism in, in Monica Sen. It just seemed like a yeah. dope collab,
0: like supergroup type shit. Yeah, it was just it was just a fun time, and yeah. we got to make a. I think we you know we always wanted to make a record. But the I, I just think the energy just dropped out um, and you know the, the the few times that I ever tried to force something in my life it's never worked
2: yeah, yeah you know
0: everything yeah. everything has to align with this music stuff for it to for it to work um, yeah yeah um, that yeah, was cool. I, I do want to give a shout out to um, to to Platonic Lab and Muff. Yes. You know, they took me on the road. Like probably my last sort of stuff on stage. Yeah. Was um, being with them and and just sort of being hype man for those guys. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I I, I just love being on stage. You know, like it was yep. just such a good time. And Pluto just ripped the, the beats, the drums, and um, Muff was just they were just really they were just really cool to me. You know, like yeah, dude. I, I love being out with those guys, and I got to play some of my songs as well, and that, that was that was really good. And it was sort of a little bit of a time that I um I, I kind of forget about. Yeah. Um and then you just jog you just jog my memory for some reason. And, um, <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's what I hope um, to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Um and you know, everything that um Pluto's gone on to achieve um as a drummer and artist in his own right. i just, you know, like oh, um, you know, Frenzy said it the other week, he's like, Fuck, I'm just so proud of what everyone's you know, another moment just popped into my head. The first time I ever saw Trem rap, actually. Oh, first man. time he came to first time he came to Melbourne from from Geelong. Geelong it was yeah. at the um yeah he came to Melbourne. There was his day gig, and he got up and he he spat this verse, and I was like, "Fuck!" That was just like, I, I you know, you, you see these things, and you, you know, at the time you're like, "Oh, wow, that was sick," and then years Dude. later you're like, "Actually, that was really fucking sick." Dude. So. Dude, <laughs> That's dude, crazy. seeing Trem Rap for right. the first
1: time, like, man, that that would have been mind fucking boggling. Like, like,
0: yeah, it was crazy. It was just um, he'd he'd come up. It was, I think, it, I, you know, like, I need to check this fact with him, but. I'm pretty sure it was the first time he had come to Melbourne on a, like a rap sort of on the rap tip mm. and we were just like, wow, you know, mm. you know, and that was the thing with Melbourne, you know, we'll come from Frankston, yeah. um, you know, he was, you know, Pac pack from AKA, he was coming from Endeavour Hills and, yes. Um, Then Trem and Rays are
1: coming from Geelong and fucking like um, people are just trekking into Melbourne city. Like that's what, that's what, dude, that's one of the reasons that I marvel at Melbourne. Like I call Melbourne Australia's New York because it is just such a cultural hub. And what you guys created in the late eighties into the early nineties is just fucking second to nothing, man. Like, you know, obviously Sydney, Sydney sort of set the, set the benchmark of what would come, but then Melbourne just redefined it, you know?
0: Yeah they um I mean Sydney just I guess they had their own they had their own things going on you know as as Perth did you know yeah. Perth had Perth had so much new hip hop because they had that they had that um the US naval base was out there Ah word So they were they were getting they were getting releases before anyone Fuck, you know Really And no one knew about it Yeah guys are out there getting all new hip hop um straight off the boat <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> like no shit Yeah Yeah I never they, even thought no of that even knew. Yeah, like um, it wasn't until I went out there, like, and I was, you know, vibing with dudes, and they're like, yeah, we had a whole bunch, we had a whole culture going on out here. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, thought you're the most isolated fucking town in the world. Yeah, they're yeah. like, yeah, we are, but we still got shit because we had this base. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's crazy. That's what I mean. You know, my mind just blows on this stuff all the time. There's always little tidbits popping up, and you're like, oh man, just. Just just can't believe I was involved and, you know, still able to make contributions. Dude, the things you yeah, achieved.
1: Just, I mean, you were talking about Pluto before. We, ha- we had Platonic Lab on uh, episode maybe four or five episodes ago. We got him on. We were honored to have him on via Skype as well. And just going through, like, that dude's immense catalog. But what we didn't touch on is the production he did for you. I mean, you know, we will start wrapping up now, bro. I know you're busy. But, like, your solo <laughs> stuff, the Cusp BP in 2002, but then La Bump, you know, in,
0: yeah,
1: I think, you know, later. When was that? Like, five or six years later? Or something like that. Maybe actually, I think yeah, that that, I think that might be celebrating like ten years this year. Could have been two thousand and nine or something. I, I should I should write dates down. But yeah, I'm just sort of yeah. It's
0: probably around two thousand eight or nine. That 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 sounds about right. And then I got started on my um on my burger business on the food
1: trucks. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. Beatbox Kitchen. Um. But yeah, the cusp the cusp BP. I really loved making that. And then yeah, Pluto. Um. Doing 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 songs with him was really cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yes, just just it, it, like like you said, it's just all a blur, you know. Yeah. I'm um, all
1: part of the journey. I'm
0: 40, I'm I'm 43 now, yeah. and I got involved when I was when I was 12, 13, so yeah, 30 dude. years of fucking around.
1: What a fucking <laughs> journey, dude! But it's it's you know like uh, you know I I I try to live by a motto of rather than getting older, get better. You know, like fuck getting older, get better. Yeah, you know? and it just seems I,
0: like I, I think, um, that's what you do. I think I think we forget about you know like. We forget about the craft, yeah. you know. Um, yep. Sometimes it's easy to forget about the craft, but I think if you just if you're always thinking about the craft and trying to get better at whatever you're, you know, bussing out. Yeah. Um, you know that'll that'll lead somewhere, you know, yes. and, and you will meet people along the way and. Um, Yeah. Form those relationships,
1: friendships. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Stay focused on what you're, what you set out to do. Don't, don't get swallowed up by the monies, you know. that's that's easy. That's it. That's Mm. it.
1: That's it. But dude, listen, before we let you go, man, were you the, were you the, um, did you host the Big Bamboo? Like that sort of, the Big Bamboo was that big club in Melbourne, you know, it was a big hip hop night.
0: That was unreal. Can you just speak on that No, I wasn't, I wasn't the host. That was, um, that was, um. Uh, I don't know whose club it was, but this was a Sunday night in Melbourne. um, And, you know, you just went there. It was just like a club night and and there was an open mic. I remember rapping with bias there. Um, and yeah, just just yeah, it was just it was just unreal. Like the biggest the biggest night they had about eighty people. You know that was and that was a big hip hop night. A big you know, night was yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was and it was unreal. Yeah, um, yeah. Every Sunday they just turn it on and dudes are just down there grabbing the mic. Um, but it was one of those. It was,
1: it was one of those early hubs for like Melbourne hip hop, wasn't it? Big Bamboo on a Sunday. Yeah, mic. yeah,
0: yeah. It it really was. Um, and it was just – it was really, really – it was a really, really pure time. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, all heads. Any any Melbourne heads that were around at the time would have gone through there at some point. Yeah, exactly um, right.
1: Kind of, like yeah, a, like, kind of like a stepping to the AM or something. Like, you know, if you were involved at that point, you were there, you know. Yeah, local, you, yeah were, you
0: were def- you definitely would have gone through there and checked it out. Yep. Um, yeah, just – just probably a whole bunch of dudes, you know. Mm. Big up to all the ladies who went, you know. Like it was so, it was so male heavy, um, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like yeah. And, and, and yeah, it was just crazy. So if you were a girl and you were interested, fuck, you know, you you were really setting in. You know, you were really yeah. – you must have been really interested because it was really, really male-driven, yeah. which which is it, – it is what it is, but, yeah, it was like um, just give it up to them. And that's why I give it up to Chrissy and uh, Tiff, you know. Yes. I've an empty You know, these guys are just like – damn yeah, you know man.
2: The, the, the,
1: the, the, yeah, yeah they they played as pivotal a role as our forefathers man like you know like I actually yeah, I'm honoured like I spoke to Chrissy on the phone the other night and I don't want to I don't want to let too much go but yeah we're going to be talking to Chrissy at some point over the next couple of months and uh, like man just so like scary. just having a conversation with her the other night like I was just like man how yeah, like I just, I just can't wait to talk to her. I'm just like, man, like I'm just talking to this chick. Like, like you did it all. Like, you did it. You know, like mm. you are as important as you are more important than most. You know, like,
2: yeah,
0: mm. man.
1: Fucking unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, bro, yeah, do, yeah,
0: really, really,
1: really good stuff. Man, listen, I can't thank you enough for your time, your contributions. Let's just go into the um, uh, August the seventeenth. You are flipping burgers for twenty four hours. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be bombarding our Instagram yeah. and all that kind of shit, making sure people get down. And you know, we'll be letting people know this episode will be dropping in lead up to that uh, on the Tuesday. in yeah. Lead up to that, like, man, let's just reiterate that people um, can get down to your
0: what What's the store called? Sarah? Yeah, they can get down. We're, 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 we're going to do it at the Beatbox Kitchen, yes. um, which is at 692 Sydney Road in Brunswick. Yep. Um, and yeah, I'll be on the grill. <laughs> on the grill for 24 <laughs> hours. Sorry, man. I'm laughing because I'm fucking hurting already. Yeah, dude. Um, no, I saw your and, Instagram uh, story in bed, the other day. Are you in training for that? <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been trying to uh, get some training up. Yeah, bro. For sure. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, just you know, a bit of fun and and just going to try and go the distance. And yeah, you know, um, fuck, you know, Cliff Young used to bloody run from bloody Sydney to Melbourne. You know, <laughs> like people have done phenomenal shit. Yeah, you man. know, yeah. I want to be. I'm, I want to be someone who does something that that people go. Actually, yeah, that motherfucking fucking flipped hamburgers like an idiot for twenty four hours, but he raised a bunch of money. As long as I can get that done, I'll be happy.
1: <laughs> Dude, I actually just fucking I actually just thought of the title for this episode as you were saying that. It's called Feats of Endurance because you are someone yeah, you, you are someone that has endured this culture. You've taken it with you. You've Pro, you've reappropriated it and propagated it for others and just put it out there and man honestly bro like we can't support you and we can't thank you enough for all you've done quite seriously
0: uh thank thanks so much Jake like seriously uh, uh, like i said i've said a few times just really um happy to have been involved and i'm I'm blessed that you know I'm blessed that 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 hip hop started, that it that 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 people in this country picked it up, my mm. forefathers, um, that that um, people like Rodney P decided to rap in in an English accent, you know, yeah, like that yeah. stuff's really important to me. Yes, um, because it, it 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 reiterates that you need to be. Who, who you are and, and who you are is always changing as well and evolving. And that's totally cool. Um, but yeah, to be, to be independent, um, and, and for people to have listened to some of the things and picked up some of the things that I've done along the way. Um, yeah, just, just, uh, really thankful to everyone. Um, and, yeah, just just um super happy with it, man.
1: Dad, uh, dude, we we're, we're fucking grateful for everything you've done, dude, and hopefully more people can learn about what you've done now. Like you know, like just hopefully we can just spread that word, man, and like I said, dude, like you just you just like listen, man, I like I wrote this, like I don't write a whole lot down, but I wrote this. Entrepreneur, creative, pioneer, MC, label head, published author, <laughs> fashion, inspiration, someone who knows how to enterprise and diversify via hip and all things creative. That's what I wrote to say in my intro about you, man. Ah, and thanks,
0: man. Brian. Thanks. I mean hip hop's just one of those things, you know, it's it's independent. You know, it's it's and, and I've just tried to keep the thoughts independent, you know, not trying to get caught up with too much drama. And um, yeah, thank thank you so much Those, those words are really kind Dude, man. you've thank done you. it
1: brother And man, we can't thank you enough once again And listen, let's just fucking You're not in the studio, you're down there But just a round of applause for Raf Boogie, man A.K. Raphael Machine, <laughs> <Raphael laughs> word, word him up Man, word thank you so up.
0: much it's
1: for Lazy your time Gray. Man.
0: W- Lazy, Lazy Grey used to always go, word him up, cuz Yeah, yeah, oh,
2: yeah,
1: yeah Joe, <laughs> Joe <laughs> Joe, <laughs> yeah, Joe we yeah, pound over yeah. beats <laughs> uh, so, so, so sweet, man Thank you so much, brother Brother. Thank you, Raph. Thanks for your time, brother. That's a wrap. All right, thanks, guys. Peace.